Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. You can find the podcast on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at About to Review. Find a podcatcher of your choice, be it Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, and subscribe to the About to Review podcast. You can find all of the show information on abouttreeview.com. You can email the show abouttreeview at gmail.com. Thank you to the sponsors, Vexing Media, for doing the audio editing for this show. And also subscribe on YouTube. It is still not youtube.com slash abouttreeview because my account is not 30 days old yet. We will get there. On today's episode, I am joined once again, returning... And he will be returning again next week because people cannot get oh, wait, I'm going enough next week? of him. I didn't know that. Geek Girl Con. I didn't realize that. T- yes. Anyway, welcome to the show, Tim Hall. Hey, I'm back. And I'm going to be back next week, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Next week. So next week, and I even put a note to remind myself to do this at the end of the show, but at the beginning of the show, also, Geek Girl Con is happening in Seattle next weekend, uh, the 30th and the 1st. So I will be there. Covering the event, Tim will be there okay. on Sunday. I guess. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, this is the one that I have been telling you about for like two months. I'll be there. I'll be there on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it is an amazing con. Super inclusive. Tim and I covered it last year. Yeah. Uh, and we will be doing it again this year. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a new TV show called Ghosted. Mm-hmm. A new movie called Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And then we're going to end the episode... With a movie called Love Actually. Yes, a very good movie, actually. A movie called Love Actually <laughs> that I told Tim I would watch if you listened to last week's episode. So mm-hmm. now I have, and we will talk about we'll talk, that. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but before we can do any of that, we have to <laughs> drop the amazing theme song. Uh, so... Speaking of theme song, yeah, uh, I have some exciting news. I get my own theme song? Uh, no. Wow. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> coming up soon. So this is episode 74? Mm-hmm. Uh, on episode 75, uh, there just very well might be a new theme song okay. emerging. All right. That new theme song may or may not have been produced by Damien Randall of the Curly Nerd Podcast and Ill-Mannered Media. He does good theme songs. He does. All right. So he and I are working on some stuff. So okay. we'll see about that. Uh, another quick shout out that actually uh, I'm going to run out of the studio and get something. What? Uh, what? Entertain people for a second because I have to go. I have to talk about an artist that I really like. Hold on. Keep talking. Wait, why do you talk about? Uh... You, don't, you don't know the artist's name? No, I do. I want to get her art so I can show it to you because I forgot to do that. You don't have to show it to me during the podcast. You can show it to me after the yeah. podcast. Fine. <laughs> This, so, is not a, this isn't a visual medium. You can show it to me after the podcast. You can just you can talk about it. That's fine. All right. So, uh, an amazing artist that I started right. following on Instagram a while ago. Right. Uh, her Instagram handle is Era the Creator. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal artist. Does these really really cool funky imagery imagery of women of all shapes and sizes. Without any facial features, crazy hair, crazy colors. Oh, yeah. I know. Just awesome. So I've seen her artwork. Yeah. Uh, I have a custom piece that nice. I just got in the mail the other day. It is beautiful. So I will be putting that up on all of my social media. Uh, in the meantime, though, 
definitely go to Instagram and follow Era the Creator. I will tag her in the show notes. Spelled the same. E E E E E R R A the Creator. Okay. Uh, amazing work. So yeah, I will put a picture up of that. She sent me that original piece. Uh, it is the first like original art piece for the show. So nice. super honored. Uh, she is amazing. Go check her out. Right. Uh, moving right along. Yes. Into the show. So the first thing we we're going to talk about is a new TV show that, oddly enough, they kind of dropped a preview of it two weeks before it airs. Yeah. So it premieres on October 1st, and it dropped a few days ago, mm-hmm. which is an interesting move. Not not interesting to me. I, I get I get why you do it. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's where TV's headed. It's not... I mean, they showed it on live on Twitter, and then people... And you right. Can, and you can watch it on their on their on fox's website you can watch it on hulu Mm because that's where television's headed like that appointment television thing is like a thing of like the 80s and 90s make sure to be here thursday every thursday make sure like there's very few shows right game of thrones the walking dead yeah um that are like appointment television but a lot of stuff that we consume that we love masters of none um uh handmaid's tale handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. these things Stranger Things, we're just watching in bulk, and we yep. watch it when we get it right. You know all the all the Marvel stuff that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of like you know, Insecure is cool to watch because you're watching it with people live on Twitter True. and you're yeah, having yeah. this exchange, right? So so even with something that's appointment television like The Walking Dead or Insecure or Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you're you're watching it, but you're having this other online experience as you're watching it. This sort of adds to it. Um, right. And I, I can see a show like Ghosted being like, well, all right, cool, we'll just put it online and hope people talk about it and watch it. Yeah. So I cut out the middle, man. I mean, it, it it makes sense. It was just, it was interesting for a major network to do something like this. Yeah, cause I think years ago, a year or two ago, Fox said they were sort of going away from like pilot season. Just like, we got oh, a yeah. new show, we're just going to put it out. We're not like, <laughs> here it is. Yeah, it's not, you know, it used to be like we're putting out all these shows in the fall. Now it's like, hey, we liked, we're putting out Ghosted in October. Mm-hmm. And we might drop something else later on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the show Ghosted, uh, it basically, it from what we saw in, in the pilot episode, uh, takes two kind of that um, the odd couple. Mm-hmm. You get the former Stanford uh, physicist who now works at a bookstore. You get the former L.A. police detective who is now a mall security guard. Mm-hmm. And they get kind of crammed together. In this, this they, comedy. They don't get necessarily crammed together. They get put together. They get put together. Uh, without kind of knowing each other. The guy says to put them together at the very beginning of the show. He's like, help, I need help. He sends a met The guy who worked for Ghosted. Right. Or says the, he needs the help. underground. Yeah, underground, hero. whatever. Mm-hmm. Says he needs help and to find these two guys. Yeah. So they find them. So yeah, so this underground bureau. I think that is what it is called. I even wrote it down. Uh, Bureau Underground. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find these two, get them together. Those two, of course, are played by Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. Yeah. Craig Robinson, you actually met, what was it, two years ago? A couple said? years ago, yeah. He was here for, um, what was that movie he was here for? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was that indie one. Uh, thing. I know that it's all the tip of my tongue. Like, I know the name of it. It was... Uh, uh, what was it? It's about the kid who goes over to Germany. He's a rapper. Yeah. Uh, Morris from America. Morris from America. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, he was funny. He's 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 Craig Robinson. 
had a sweat towel and everything, man. He Ooh, was, yeah. boy. In Seattle. And it, was during... hot. it was it was it was it was warm that day. But funny, but like funny in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, the same funny guy you see in these movies and on these shows. So yeah, he's he's great. So authentic. Authentic, a hundred percent. And he is one of the guys where when you see him in things, at least with me, when I'm watching Ghosted and I hear some of the lines he delivers, I guarantee they had to shoot that twenty times. Yeah. Because his the way he delivers things, at one point when they're in the bureau, uh, and this guy comes up and he's like, How are you guys doing? Do you need anything? He's like, yeah, I'll take a PB and J, no crust, extra J, no PB. Yeah. But just delivers it completely straight. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. Like his timing is incredible. But both, I, I think it, the show works a lot, <clears throat> in a lot of ways because they're both have been in comedy for a while. Him and Adam Scott. True. In different kinds of comedy. So they can be the straight man. They can be funny. They can do, they can be very versatile with their comedic approach to things. And mm-hmm. that works for the show. Because that scene towards it. Towards the end where he goes back to the car and Adam Scott thinks he's coming to rescue him. He's like, no, I got to get my Fitbit. I need to get my steps in. Right. This is a really casual <laughs> line where. In the middle of chaos. In the middle of like ridiculousness. He's like, I got to get these Fitbit, Fitbit steps in. <laughs> and that's funny. Mm-hmm. Even <laughs> y'all was watching it again. Even there's a scene where they end up with the, with the head. Right. And Craig Robinson pulls a gun on the head. And it's like, <laughs> I'll, it's like I'll do it. <laughs> It's really brief but funny. Like th- those mm-hmm. little things are like hilarious in the show. But I thought it was funny. It's way funnier than Orville. Like it's man, <laughs> it's I mean dramatically different. And these are both Fox shows, and, and it's what you would think Orville would be, right? Like they're kind of spoofing like these investigative shows where mm-hmm. like these people search the par- for the paranormal, but they're really funny. Even yeah. that scene where he's talking about his wife leaving him, he's describing that night. He's like, "Dude, your wife left you." Right, and he was like, "Whoa, you got into an argument." She packed her bags. Yeah. He was like, no, no, she was abducted. And he was like, no, man, she left. Yeah, it's like, well, this is how she... people do all kind of crazy things during arguments. <laughs> like, <laughs> like pack a suitcase and never be seen again. Um, it's funny. It also stars Amber Stevens West, who we all know from The Carmichael Show and mm-hmm. 22 Jump Street, mm-hmm. who's married to that cannibal guy from The Walking Dead. Wait, which can That does not narrow down. Which cannibal guy? For when, they were, when they were in Terminus, the guy who ate the tainted meat. The main man, guy. I have not watched... Walking Dead in probably three or four. Anyway, seasons. this is an episode where the the Bob gets bit and he has tainted meat and these cannibals sort of kidnap him and the guy eats it and he's like talking to Bob eating it and Bob starts laughing and he says he's like tainted meat. Bob. <laughs> Literally, that's her husband who okay. who, who played a, who had a really good run on the Walking. He was like hmm. quietly like hipster cannibal terrifying like he was probably a vegan in another life but then when the apocalypse <laughs> hit, had he to would, switch it up. When the apocalypse <laughs> hit, he was like I gotta start eating meat. Hmm. But yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. She is in this, and she also someone who does comedy, whether it be the mm-hmm. Carmichael Show or Twenty Two Jump Street. Like, she's got some comedic timing to her, and I think it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, I, I. The only thing I worry about with this show is getting canceled we, early. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. a it is Fox. <laughs> Fox B pull the trigger. It is <laughs> it is a funny X Files type show. Right, that is tough to do. I unfortunately think that if two shows, if you are the VP of programming at Fox, someone is like, ugh, Orville numbers are pretty low. Ugh, Ghosted numbers are pretty low. Which one do we cancel? 100% they're canceling Ghosted for yeah. Orville. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, Seth MacFarlane keeps getting work. Listen, I <laughs> I tried, like, I, I watched Orville. I mm-hmm. watched the first two episodes. Wow. I tried is... to find humor in it, and yeah. it's just not funny. <laughs> 
it's weird because it's a show where set it's, phasers to dumb. Yeah. I, for, oh, how how I not thought of that before in a review? Jeez, writing that down right so, now. So <laughs> that's another dad joke. Um, it's a show that's set like r- ridiculously far in the future, right? But they right. make these very current references. There was a Door yeah. of the Explorer reference last episode, and I was like, that's an odd thing to do in a show that's supposed to take place light years in the future, mm-hmm. that you're doing this reference, that everyone's supposed to get, that the, the people on deck on this show are supposed to get. When it first aired, well, when, before it aired, there was a review I saw. I don't know if it was Alan Semplewall or somebody, but it said that it's not a comedy. It's just <laughs> bad Star Trek. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's harsh. When I watched it, I was like, it's just bad Star Trek. You know how I knew it was bad Star Trek? Mm-hmm. There's an episode, there's a scene in the beginning, the first episode, where the guy, these two guys walk in. And the, the conversation is essentially like, I heard you're a jerk. Well, I heard you're a jerk too. We're, we're two jerks. We're just going to get along. <laughs> right. But the one guy's folding a red shirt. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like a mm. Star Trek red shirt joke. Nope. Nope. Goes nowhere. Not even a mention. Not even a nothing. Just literally two guys talking about how they're both jerks. Why do you stop flying? Oh, I tried to impress a girl. And it's kind of, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> and why would you, like, anybody watching this show most likely <clears throat> has either seen Star Trek or yeah. at least would get the Star Trek red shirt. Right, well, like, like, that's the audience. Like, so right. if, if you're aware that that's your audience, like, why are you not at least trying to be, like, if I'm honest, I don't know if Seth MacFarlane knows how to be funny. I think he's hit mm-hmm. lightning in the bottle twice with early family guy and with Ted. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ted was hilarious. Ted two was not. Ted two was garbage. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I think yeah. I don't. I don't know how he sort of found these two sort of magical grooves, but everything else he's tried has been trash. Yeah, it's been very not good. It's not even like objectionable. Like you can be objectionable. You can be. <laughs> you can oh, be, now I bet you want me to edit. Yeah, stuff. No, don't please leave it in there. You can <laughs> okay. be objective about it. I think mm-hmm. it's just it's bad comedy. Like American Dad. Cleveland show. American Dad's funny, but it. I'm. I had no idea it was still on. Yeah, and I was like, "How?" The show was kind of funny in the first couple seasons. And, and the, but... other, the other fun thing part about about Orville is that he like Seth, Seth MacFarlane himself tries to do the drama. Ugh. I just like, dude, you're not <laughs> stay in your lane. Yeah, you're not Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, and the other thing is when you take movies, sci-fi movies that take place <clears throat> in the future, right? And also, uh, let me push up my glasses that I'm not wearing right now. You said light years in the future. Light yeah. years actually a measure that's of distance. Co- not that's fine. Um, anyway, so a show like Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm. which I have been watching only because I have been so starved for Star Trek until Star Trek Discovery, which comes out tonight. Tonight. We're recording this on Sunday morning. And I say morning as in like it is 9 a.m. <clears throat> Football hasn't started yet for us. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> So it is early. It is early yeah. Sunday morning. And so tonight, the new Star Trek show, Discovery, drops. Super excited for that. But I have been watching Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. It is awful. It is so bad. But the way they get around referencing the past in that is they have movie nights mm-hmm. on the ship. So you have people who are, you know, seeing 20th century things. Yeah. So it would make sense. In Orville, none of that is established. No. So if your show takes place 300 years in the future, what does any? Why yeah. is anybody going to remember Dora the Explorer? Right. And they, and they and they also they mentioned like so they'll have a run in with another alien race and they'll mention them like we're all supposed to know who they are. Right. Without explaining anything about them. It's yeah sloppy it's writing. Anyway, we're not talking. About, we're talking about 
Ghosted. 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 <laughs> I'm talking about, we're really talking about Ghosted. Um, and if Ghosted has a chance to land, land on Fox. It's really going to depend on what night it airs. Yeah. So I don't know if the, I don't know if the first is going to be just the premiere date or if that's yeah, going to be how it airs every single night. Because the first is so a every week. Sunday. So if it has a Sunday spot. So, well, Sunday nights are tough depending on when you air. If you air after football, you and might have a chance. After The Walking Dead, if you want people uh, to watch. But it is basic cable. If it is on Fox. So it might not be that same audience that is going to watch Walking Dead. And also Walking Dead is on at what? 10 o'clock? I, listen, if I'm Fox, I, I allow it to show on digital platforms. Just right away. Immediately. Yep. It, it would make the I most would, I would release all whatever 12 episodes of the first season. Just Never going to happen. Uh, if I'm Fox, I try it. I say, True. look, here are 12 episodes of Ghosted. Come to our app or our website and watch them. And or let the people first watch. six. Or the first six. Yeah. Let people watch. Get people hooked on it. I, I It would be a smart like free move. base for like a crackhead. Like, <laughs> here's your free hit. Come join the rest. But they already gave us the first one. The first one is always free. Yeah. So we keep giving us more. Like you know, at least walk through. You know how like different shows have like separate storylines to sort of span through the first season. Like mm-hmm. let us complete one storyline. If it's Adam Scott's yeah. character finding his wife. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's them sort of finding their groove as um these paranormal because they don't have an experience investigators with yeah. researchers everything that mm-hmm. we everything they see freaks them out wears them out that's fine yeah. Or even just trying to solve this first case. Like, let us, you know, give us that and it could give us an idea of what the show can be, what it is. And I think it'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, I, so far, I am with you. I totally dig it. It is hilarious. I think mainly because of Craig Robinson. Yeah. He kind of sets the timing and sets everyone else up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope it lasts. I just have a bad feeling. Yeah. I think that this fall TV schedule, especially on Fox. It's tough. Is gonna get rough. Yeah, they, I mean, Fox cancels stuff all the time that With I enjoy. With the quickness, Almost Human, I really liked. Yeah, I liked Almost Human. It, I liked the idea of it. It didn't give enough chance to like get its leg. Exactly. Like, yeah, it, it. The idea was cool. Execution was all right, but Fox is like, mm, nope, we did not get X amount of million viewers done. Yeah. So, cool. So that has ghosted uh, Tim and I both totally dig it. Excited for what's more. Rated? What's your what's your rating system here on the show? What is it? Should we do it for the pilot? I mean, we're rate. Is this not how you do your show? Is it changed wow. in the last seven days <laughs> I've, since I've been here? Okay, so the rating system for this podcast normally we wait until the show has. But whatever, so okay. we're gonna wait till the show's finished. No, even though we don't know if it's gonna make it there or not. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so for a Fox show, yeah. for Fox shows in general, putting this on wax on episode seventy four. For any Fox show, we will give our rating from the first episode, just in case it never happens. So the rating system for the podcast, three choices, no star ratings, no thumbs up, no thumbs down, because that is trademarked by Ebert, because how can you trademark a thumb? Anyway. Sure, Facebook tried it. uh, Oh, positive. So the rating system for this show, Mm -hmm. three choices, good, bad, or ugly. A good show, in this case, is something that we enjoyed, something that we want to keep watching, Mm -hmm. something that... We definitely will tell somebody about a bad show. Something that we did not really think hit on all cylinders is probably not going to make it ugly show. We watched and it was a terrible 30 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. My rating for ghosted is absolutely a good, like Mm -hmm. it is funny. The timing was good. I like the sci-fi elements of it. I just worry that Fox is going to cut it early. Yeah. So what about you? I'm the same with you. I'm I'm worried Fox is going to ax it (laughs) early on. 
I think it's good. I like the two main stars. Mm-hmm. The supporting cast is funny enough to sort of sort of tie the other stuff together that's yeah. supposed to work. Um, and you like uh, Light Bright. I mean, Amber Stevens West. Why would you do that? Uh, <laughs> she's... <laughs> She's an actress trying to get work. She was on a show that was good that got canceled. I'm glad she found her footing somewhere. Which one? The Carmichael show. Oh, the show. Carmichael. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that it finds it, its way. That it, okay. Again, I think what you said is true, that it's hard to, for the, these type of shows to find a, an avenue because mm-hmm. it's not super extreme. Yeah. Um, but People, the, par- the parody stuff works. Like, yeah. You know, hopefully it lasts. I think if you want a good laugh, you want a, you know a good chuckle for a half hour. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely funnier than I expected. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, Craig Robinson, as funny as he is, right. doing a TV show on Fox, mm-hmm. you have to kind of wonder kind of how that is going to be. Uh, he does not play piano in the opening episode, so that was that was a nice change. He will at some point. He will at some point. He'll be like possessed or something, oh, or like God. the ghost of some <laughs> of some old musician, and he'll play the piano. Yeah, and do a song. Oh, absolutely. For those wondering, that is kind of Craig Robinson's thing. He manages to find a way to do it, and almost he's every really project. into music. Apparently, people. He said when I interviewed him, he said people who be places and people just invite him to concerts, like <laughs> just, musicians. They'll be like, "Hey, man, you gotta come through." Okay. Yeah, that's it's 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 a beautiful thing, and, okay. you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Ghosted. I, I like the I, I like the pilot of Ghosted. Mm-hmm. I hope the show continues to be funny and sort of spoof some of the stuff that we see all the time in the art yeah. of sci-fi shows. For sure. And this is not one of the ones where we see a pilot and we were like, ooh, I bet the budget is going to get cut. The budget was so low on so this. So low. Like, there were some good effects, but it was... It's not going to be expensive. No. Definitely not. As opposed to Orville, you watch a pilot and yeah. you're like, ooh. ooh how much does this bad ooh. green screen cost? <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. One thing I will give Orville, though... The creature design. I've talked about it on multiple episodes before. You love I'm your a, creature design. I'm a huge fan of just practical design. Some of the aliens, I forget which ones they were called. Um, incredible makeup and design work. What's so, your favorite alien design? Of all time? Movies, TV, that you the just The first one that comes to mind has to be Predator. Really? It is one. You mean the, the, the old Predator, when it, the old suit with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in it? Or the other one? <laughs> the original Predator. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, you ever see that clip? Oh yeah, ah, oh, so so great. weird. Jean Claude Van Damme so is five three, and it, then the, desi- the design was terrible. The design was so weird. I'm glad they went with the one they have now. Yeah, uh, but when you look at Predator as a practical makeup, mm-hmm. something that has articulation, I'm doing motions with my yeah. hands right now that look like the live long and prosper, but it is the four mandibles that Predator has. Yeah, when he takes off his mask and those four open up, that mouth in. Incredible. That is something that will stand the test of time forever. Like, I really enjoy Predator. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm partial to the alien design. Yeah, but the alien, I mean, yes, for a practical effect, I'm talking strictly makeup design. Like, makeup design and foam work. The alien, I mean, of course, the alien creature is phenomenal. And you get, you know, a seven foot tall Nigerian man who weighs 110 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. He nails it. He, yeah. he And I also like the design for the aliens and attack the block. Yeah, I guess super simple, dark. Yeah, simple. Mm-hmm. Could could disguise themselves easily. Glow in the dark teeth. Glow the, and yeah, eyes. glow in the dark eyes. Yeah, yeah, they I were kinda, creepy. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. They were in the dark; you couldn't really see. Yeah, them. and then until so they kind of came at you, then it was a problem. Yeah. So, but yeah, Predator, I think yeah, set I, the bar. Yeah, I like anything that's not like your your basic like humanoid. Yeah, 
Like, I'm a humanoid. I walk around, like, on two feet, and I have guns and, like, maybe an, an extra arm. Like, that's lazy to me. I'm a f- more of a fan of something that's a little, something that will, like, weird you out when you see it. Not yep. necessarily scare you. Be like, that's creepy. Worst creature design. The first movie that comes to mind is a movie that I saw in the theater opening weekend, Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation. Wow. Whoo, boy. It is train wreck central. Really? Uh, you have uh, Mataro, who is a centaur. Mm-hmm. Terrible makeup. Mm-hmm. You have, I forget, Goro's like niece or whatever. You had a woman with four arms. Looks terrible. Baraka, terrible. Everything about that movie, terrible. But it actually won. I remember it won the box office that weekend that it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm reading that in the paper. In the local paper at the time, and I was like, wow, literally nothing else had to come out because that, yeah, it was bad. Right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so Ghosted. Ghosted. Check it out. Uh, you can see it on demand if you have Comcast. Yeah. Oh, you can go to Fox's uh, website. Oh, yeah, Fox has it. Yeah. yeah. Other app. Yeah, you can check it out there. Cool. Uh, all right. Moving on to uh, the movie that is in theaters right now. That's right. That is also doing really well at the box office. Is it? Yeah. It, it won the box office. It beat Ninjago. Oh, I mean, Spinjitzu. <laughs> spinjitzu. I, saw, I saw that. I saw. Like, I know you talked about it real last quick. Week. No, yes. I didn't. I didn't talk about it last week. You did at the end of the episode. I did not. Hundred percent, you did. What did I say? Play the tape. <laughs> yeah, you did. You took like five minutes at the end, and you were like, "Oh, it was good. It was fun." And I asked why that Lego Movie does not get the exposure that the other ones do, and you were like, "Oh, because it's based on this, and it's not Batman or the Lego Movie." Man, I didn't say that. I'm a professional. I anyway talk about I Spinjitzu. It. It's kids. <laughs> If you have kids, go see it. It's got that father family element in it that most Oof. Lego movies have. Okay. What do you? Ugh, no, is, which means is, I'm. It is probably going to affect me because no, it's father fine. son dynamics. Man. It's fine. It's it's funny. Okay. Some good jokes. Michael Strahan's in it at the beginning. As Why a, not? Lego Michael Strahan with the gap. It's pretty great. Every time I see it behind the scenes, like an interview, yeah. and they're like, with the stars of Lego Ninjago. So many people are in. I had no idea. So many voices, yeah. Yeah. Dave Franco is the lead voice. He plays Lloyd. Awesome. Or his dad calls him Lloyd the whole time. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's in it, doing multiple roles. I, like Jackie Chan as a guy working in the store, and then Jackie Chan as Master Wu. Awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. Jackie Chan is one of the best humans on the planet. Okay. Um, uh, what were we talking? Oh, right. Kingsman. Yeah. Kingsman. 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 The Golden Golden Circle. circle. So this the is the Golden Circle or Golden Circle? Uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. The Golden Circle. So this is a sequel to the movie that came out in 2014 14. called Kingsman Secret Service. Yes. Uh, it pretty much, so to kind of go over a little bit of the Kingsman franchise, because it is a franchise, it started with a comic book mm-hmm. called The Secret Service. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It was Mark Millar, Dave Gibbons. Uh, the trade paperback is like, 156 pages. Mm-hmm. So nothing too huge and massive. When they started doing the film rights, he was like, all right, let me just rebrand the whole thing. Because you cannot really make a movie called The Secret Service. Right. That's kind of boring. Not going to happen. So he labeled it Kingsman, The Secret Service. Uh, in the comic book, it actually takes place where uh, Colin Firth's character in the first movie. Harry. Harry. His nephew is the one that he kind of brings into the program and Grooms does all that to stuff. to be like the next... The next super spy. Gotcha. In the movie, they kind of changed that. Eggsy, played by Taron Edgerton, uh, 
has no relation whatsoever. He's a street kid. Street kid. Who's, no, he does, because his dad used to be in a Kingsman. Like, no, yeah, no blood relation. Right. Uh, but yeah, so Taron Edgerton's dad was a Kingsman on his first mission. Spoiler alert, he dies. Uh, was it his first mission? Yeah. Because they're like, your experiment failed. You tried to bring in somebody from the outside. You know, and that was his first mission. And just toasted. He sacrifices himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah he, got, he you act like he like <laughs> messed up the... He sacrificed himself he sacrificed. to save everybody else by jumping on a grenade. Yeah. So, and that, of course, you know, years later, we see Taron Edgerton, who's a streetwise kid who can do... You're skipping a really big part of the story, <sighs> which is... Harry goes to visit a young baby Exy yes. and gives him a pin in his mom and says, if you ever need help. Mm-hmm. Very much reminiscent call. of the Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, I kept this watch. For five, I, I have a terrible don't Christopher Walken. Do, don't do, don't do, don't do. <laughs> let's, let's not ruin the podcast. Uh, uh, so he, so he, he gives him that. So when you get to Exy's life, like his mom's hanging out with this guy who's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. She's sort of going through rough times. He's a street kid who's really good at stealing cars and driving mm-hmm. around like a madman. And parkour. Yeah. He's really good at it. He's a street kid in London. Mm-hmm. And he gets in trouble, and that's where he finally uses this thing. He calls this number. Mm-hmm. Harry shows up. And and gets him out. So I thought that was an interesting change in the movie. Yeah. Because in the, in the comic, yeah. what happened is his mom uh, would, you know, freak out every time... Uh, his name was not Eggsy also. It was something else in the book. But he would be like, she would freak out. He got arrested again. She would call her brother. Her brother would come down, bail him out of jail. Until finally, her brother was like, okay, this kid needs some direction. How can I channel this? How can I bring him in? So that was kind of the method of doing that. Right. Much more streamlined in the movie. It makes more sense. It just kind of gets right into it. It definitely, but the first movie is definitely part of it is, is a fish out of water story for Exy. Yeah. Who's around a bunch, these bunch of elites mm-hmm. and he's like a street kid. And the whole gag is like he can think of different ways outside the box to handle problems. Like mm-hmm. when, when they're drowning and, or, you know, the parachute incident, all that stuff he's he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, so it makes sense in this hyper reality world of super spies and yeah. super villains. Samuel L. Jackson isn't the first movie. He's great. He is great. He's great. But his plan, part of me, like when I was watching this, and this is this is back in the day before um, there was a certain mega maniacal person in in office. Uh, not throwing out any names, trying not to get political. Um, but watching this, and I was like, okay, if somebody actually had this plot in the real world of an insert. A SIM card into your head, mm-hmm. and you get free Wi-Fi, free internet, without it talking about any technological ways of doing that. Nobody would do it. It's kind of, in the, the past year, why, though. It's comical. It, I, it's, it, it's, it is, I, it's it's meant to be ridiculous. Like it's purposefully dumb. Yeah, and I just that's, I now, mean, that's the point. True. Now watching it, like when I rewatched it before uh, watching this new one, I was like. Okay, seeing how many people have said and done some dumb stuff in the past year since November 6th, a lot of people, if somebody were to be like, hey, everybody, put this chip in your head, mm-hmm. I no longer have the faith that people would be like, that seems weird. They would just be like, cool, sign me up. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So in the first one, you get a chip in your head, and of course, but Samuel it Jackson. wasn't just a chip though. They got like free. Well, yeah, it was a SIM card yeah. that you had free cellular free service, everything. free internet. Yeah. There, there would be a section of America who was okay <laughs> with free anything. Mm-hmm. There would be a large swap of the people who would be like, yeah, and like, and what you see in the first Kingsman, which mm-hmm. you would see in real life, is celebrities and dignitaries being on board. Yeah. I think if Boost Mobile were to come out with that, yeah, it, yeah you would get a lot of people. But Amazon, if Amazon had a chip, oh. I love Amazon. But Amazon, yeah. <laughs> if Amazon had a chip you could implant into yourself and just like allowed you to order products and access to stuff, and you can go shopping without your wallet and sort of just walk in, walk out the store without having to check anything. Which they already kind of already do. do. Yeah, but like imagine Amazon it was Go. in you, right? And it was it yeah. was your GPS and it was all these other things. <laughs> uh, there would be someone who would be like, eh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So, of course, in the first one, you know, that is the plot, and he has an ulterior motive, of course, for implanting these chips in people's heads. I will not spoil it. What's the spoiler? It's, not, it's been out for, like, three years. What is the spoiler? It's not, we're not spoiling anything. Okay, fair enough. So, of course, uh, his whole mission is to implant these chips in people's heads as population control. Yep. So that at, at the flick of a switch, he can trigger parts of the brain that make people more aggressive and so they just murder each other. Right. But there were rich people who understood what was happening, what was happening. So they all right. g- gathered to sort of like party while the rest of the population dies, and they could sort of restart the world as they see fit. Yeah, and it, it, so that we we have seen that before. Yeah, it's you a, know, it's a, it's a normal villain trope in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although the one of the things the movie did give us uh, that was unique was Sophia Butella, who will always and forever be known as. Blady Legs. Yeah. She's great. She's great in it. She was so good in the first one. And then there was a reason that we got excited to see her in Mummy. Yeah. Turned out Mummy to be one of the worst movies. They didn't give her any stuff to do. No. They didn't give her much to do. She's an atomic blonde. Yeah, she was better in Atomic Blonde. Yeah. So put her in in a Bond movie. Let her be a Yeah. Let her be a hit woman that's chasing Bond down. I'd watch that. Why not? Absolutely. So with the first movie, it kind of set the stage, gave people that another taste of Mark Millar's work mm-hmm. uh, for people unfamiliar. So he did the Kick-Ass movies. Yeah. Or, I mean, he wrote the comics Kick-Ass, Wanted. His it's mo- all very violent. He, yeah, he, he pushes the boundary, and even in his comics. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, they're incredibly violent as well. A lot of people get shot in the head. A lot of people get decapitated. Mm-hmm. One thing that they do in the movies mm-hmm. that is not so much in the comics, in some of the comics, I should say, is the overt, borderline offensive sexual nature of some of the characters' motivations. In, uh, Kingsman? in Kingsman. So you think that's Matthew Vaughn? I think so. Because it just, that it was not in the comic. Yeah. At all. So there yeah. are some of the things that the characters do that just do not make sense and it makes you feel uncomfortable so there's a scene so that that was kind of the first one we can move on to the second one since that is the one that is in theaters now uh at the end or towards the end of the first one though a major character dies yeah and that becomes a motivation for then taron edgerton's character to take up the mantle and do all of this oh, harry dies harry gets shot point blank range okay yes harry dies what what it's not a spoiler like it's I know it just, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> Harry gets shot in the face. Yeah. That happens in the first movie. Yeah. Which I was 
really wondering, and I think a lot of people were, how were they going to find a way out of it in this movie? Because when I saw the eye patch in the trailer, I was like, oh, maybe it's an evil twin brother. Right. No, then you would need the goatee. Yeah. Like evil Spock. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So, anyway, yeah, he gets shot in the head. Exit is like, oh, you know, that becomes his motivation to join the Kingsmen again and do everything else. So, this new movie, Kingsman the Golden Circle, uh, takes place about a year after. Yeah, it's a year. The first one. Mm-hmm. And it picks up really well. Like, it, it feels the same. It looks the same. Uh, the styling of it. What's the, really what's the, what is the plot of this movie? So the, the plot the, is you have another uh, megalomaniacal villain with this crazy elaborate plot. Uh, the villain in this is played by Julianne Moore, who essentially, as opposed to putting a chip in people's heads and making it explode, she poisons her own drug supply. And that includes everything from marijuana to meth, heroin, uh, a bunch of drugs, which is the kingpin. Of this industry in Cambodia. So she wants to poison her own supply. Because then again, she has the antidote. So she can hold essentially the world ransom. You're missing a big piece of this. Oh, her other motivation is that she wants to be known. Yes. So she is behind the scenes and has been She wants to legalize drugs because she feels like she's one of the biggest business people in the world. Yeah, and she business can't women, be, especially. Business women. She can't be legitimalized, legitimized because... Legitimalized. Because, <laughs> legitimalized. She can't be legitimized because... Of her industry. Because it's illegal. Yeah. So I'm going to poison the drug system. I'm going to hold the people hostage. You're going to legalize drugs. So then now I get to be one of the best business women in the world, I mean, people in the world. Yeah. Um, and plus she... It's very selfish. It's super selfish. And she lives in this remote jungle of Cambodia. Because she can't be legit. So she she lives off like this weird 50s motif throughout this jungle. Yeah. Poppy land. Poppy land. But also another piece that, that that's uh, that's important is, is early on in the film, mm-hmm. she kills off a bunch of Kingsmen. Yeah. <laughs> she kills <laughs> off a bunch of them. Um, and Eggsy, I... Eggsy and Merlin survive. Mm-hmm. And they have a doomsday protocol, which then sends them to Kentucky to visit their American cousins, the Statesmen, who are essentially Kingsmen in the middle of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they're led by Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. and they have agents by Pablo, what's the name? Pedro Pascal. It's like Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Pablo Escobar. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Uh, Halle Berry. Halle, Halle Berry is the Merlin over there. She's sort of the tech geek. And then you've mm-hmm. got, uh, her, her name is Ginger Ale. And then you've got Channing Tatum is tequila. Tequila. Uh, whiskey. Whiskey is, is Pablo Page. Pascal. Yeah. And then uh, Champagne is Jeff Bridges, who goes by Champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll have these cool names. But yeah, they they operate as the Kingsmen do in America. Mm-hmm. And that's and they somehow found Harry because when he's shot in the first movie, he's in Kentucky. So they're getting a blip. So they show up right after he's shot and mm-hmm. they're able to save him with like this bubble wrap. Which, medicine thing man which is ridiculous but it's it's a, it's a movie this movie also has laser lassos so whatever true kind of <laughs> brain saving equipment you have i guess is okay it, yeah i mean it yes if you have one right you should be able to have the other, have the other. Like, this should exist i mean and you see the laser lasso in the trailers mm-hmm. if if you had not seen a trailer and suddenly they put this gel pack essentially over someone's face and they're like oh the nano probes extract the bullet. <laughs> just you just have to the thing about this movie turn your brain off yeah turn your brain off and understand that you are watching a generic spy thriller action movie it's a comic book literally yeah 
But yeah, you just you just kind of turn the, turn that off. Com- it's, it's literally a comic book you're watching on yeah. on screen. Uh, the first so the- uh, real quick so so Eggsy's left with these new people who are his mm. new friends mm-hmm. to face off against this woman who's trying to kill the world. And then his the the dumbest plot of the film is his girlfriend. Oh gosh, who then gets poisoned, and so that's his motivation. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna save my dumb girlfriend, as opposed to the millions of the other people. millions of other people who are gonna die. It's his girlfriend who like gets him on edge and ready to fight. So. That's that's the, so they end up having to go up against Poppy, yeah. And also, there's a, the guy who got rejected from the last film, Charlie. Charlie, mm-hmm. who, who was a rejected Kingsman, who shows up to fight Exit in the last movie during the last big battle. Mm-hmm. He survives, and Poppy has give Poppy's really cool with the technology. Yeah, she's got robot everything, so she gives him a robot arm mm-hmm. to do stuff. You know what's funny? I did a, I did a spoiler movie review with Chris from the Sanity Check about this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. The one of the things we talked about is. The girlfriend angle seemed very forced. Absolutely, but, it was right. It, but and it's a callback to the first film, right? But Charlie's angle seemed like a very natural fit for like, a absolutely. Sequel. He's got that crazy arm. He shows up at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and there's a really cool car chase sequence where they're fighting inside the car, and then and they're racing through of, London like, and outside the car. Yeah. Then he gets an upgraded arm from from Poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool cameo. From Elton John, that's great. Not just a cameo, the yeah, dude he's, is he's in it for like twenty five minutes. That scene where he's cursing that dude out is the funniest. Amazing, uh, like he it, keeps he will not stop cursing this dude out mm-hmm. as she's trying to give like this maniacal like <laughs> speech. Right, Elton John's in the. I don't even know what she said because he's in the background, smooth cursing that man out, mm-hmm. and it's the funniest thing ever. Right, but but when you when you fast forward when you talk one thing one of the things we talked about was like if actually this kid in the first movie who we saw. Who was like, I'm outside the box. I think mm-hmm. of ways to do stuff that other people can't when I'm in a jam. When he's supposed to plant like this mucus tracking. Okay, okay. Ugh. They've got like mechanical arms. They've mm-hmm. got cars going to water. They've mm-hmm. got in bubble wrap, life saving equipment. Literally, but yet, you get I shot have, in the head yeah. and you can't survive. But yet, I have to put a tracker on a finger condom and insert it into, inside uh. some woman. Like, that's the thing I have to do. There's no other way to do it. Um, so yeah, so when he's caught in that jam, he goes to like FaceTime his girlfriend, like, oh, I'm not cheating on you. I just, I've got to save save the the world. world. (laughs) And and then she's upset that he doesn't propose over FaceTime. (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) If you're a young woman and you're listening to this, would you want your man Mm -hmm. to FaceTime you and propose? Right after telling you he has to sleep with the woman to save the world. Unless he's in Iraq, like, yo. Right. I'm finna go into battle and I love you. Let's get married. That's the only FaceTime that matters. A satellite phone call from a war zone yeah, is one thing. That makes sense. But like a FaceTime from a music festival, you're about to go bang some hippie looking chick. Oh, nah. Yeah, it was just dumb. It was just, again, I think it speaks to what you said earlier, right? Just like really weird sexual stuff that's in the film that's yeah. not at all necessary. No. And they zoom in on this woman's crotch as he's like putting yeah. his finger in her panties. So that's not even a And joke. it just like, it was. It's, a, it's so aggressive. Uncom- oh, <laughs> so aggressive. So uncomfortable because you see him. I'm like, why are they so close to this woman's crotch? They, they like zoom yeah, in. They, they lay down and you, as his hand is start, starts like going down her chest and her stomach, literally everyone in our screen was like, Ugh. like we start yeah. pulling back into our seats and you, the camera it's just a keeps humongous pulling crotch back. shot. Like, how do you edit that? Like, yeah, well, more crotch. Well, that, <laughs> it, pulls, it, crotch. it pulls out yeah. and then it goes internal. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Like it just, it was, it was, it was so like a half bad. second away from being a porno. Like, yeah, we were like, I was like, well, you guys edited that real close. 
This is a rated R, but if they had kept in five <laughs> extra seconds, not even X. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and it again, you have to find a smarter way for this hero who's supposed to be the outside of the right. box guy to figure out a way to do this without compromising this relationship he has with this princess. You can you can do that. Yeah. Or and also, if you have this technology, where to track someone with GPS and it records all of their speech, right. but it has to be in a mucous membrane. So does that mean they only tag this with women? Yeah. Or as one of these agents there you go. doing that to a dude? Yeah. That I think if they were just going for sheer comedic effect, that would have been funny. That would have been funny. But they did not. They went the awkward and just so uncomfortable route. And also, I think that gag works better if it's Channing Tatum. Yeah. Right? He gets to be like the suave guy who's trying to seduce some woman. And maybe he fails at it miserably. And that's mm-hmm. the gag. That like Channing Tatum can't bed this girl at a music festival. Maybe that's funny. But instead, they don't do any of that. It's like no. Eggsy, the smart guy, ends up... right. Imagine that. Imagine American hubris overseas... At some festival, trying to trying to get with some, we've seen this right, mm-hmm. trying to get you saw it some, on the first movie, yeah, trying to what? get with some foreigners and like crashing and burning because yeah. he's just not all the suave American tactics he tries aren't working. That's funny, but mm-hmm. they don't do any. They don't do any of that. Mm-mm. So it was just it was super awkward. It was easily the most uncomfortable scene in the movie. It was rough. Um, and, and, it does, and it doesn't fit with the rest of the film. That's the other no. bizarre thing. Like there was zero reason yeah. that the camera needed to pull out that far to show us almost everything mm-hmm. and then zoom into internal. No, yeah. gross. Totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the positives about this movie, a couple positives, the costuming. The yeah. costuming in this film is fantastic and will never get nominated for an award. No. And that is a shame. No. Uh, this costuming is on par with things like, uh, what was the Harry Potter one from last year that I predicted? Um, uh, I don't know if it's on par with, with that. The co- the costuming, Cause, cause I, think, I think it's normal costuming that we see da- daily. I think when you look at... The Pat- orange, Pat- orange blazer that's, crushes but that's, it. But that's, that's, just a good, that's a good look. That's mm-hmm. a fly look. I can see someone like, I don't know... Some dude to play for the Broncos pulling that off, Ugh. trying to look fresh at some at the ESPYS, right? <laughs> right. But I think when you look at something like Fantastic Beasts, those aren't that's not a type of costume we see. Yeah, just period. Yeah, we see normally, right? The stuff that you see in Kingsman, you see, this, they're just they're just a lot of tailored it. to the an inch of their life. Yeah. So there's, it's good tailoring, which yeah. is fine. But I don't. But you know, that stuff that you see if you go to a suit store. Mm-hmm. And I think the Fantastic Beast stuff is just something we don't normally see, and that's what makes it. And also, you know, they're. The costumes, some of the villains, some of the women, like there's like those dirty looking orphan kids who had costumes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the costuming was incredible. Um, I take it back. It was not as it was. It was a, good costume. But it was, it was very good costuming. You're the just watching action, men in suits, men in in tightly, nicely tailored suits. Which the woman next to me during the screening, uh, aka Aaron Hundley, man. Apparently, it, she likes a guy in a nice tailored suit. Uh, you think? Yeah. Multiple times. During the movie, good just, for her. Good for her. <sighs> good for and her. There's something. I mean, there is something. There is something fly about a nice suit. Of course, like, of did, course. That I get. I get it. It was just. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a really good part. The action set pieces are absolutely incredible. 
incredible, John. Incredible. incredible. They're over the top and over crazy. The top. I don't know about saying incredible. But incredible. Especially because, again, you can take a movie like <laughs> incredible. John Wick or something like that, which has phenomenal fight choreography. I'm glad you brought up John Wick. Go ahead. Um, and a lot of it takes place in the dark, though. This one, when they're doing this over the top action set piece that lasts for like 15 minutes, brightly lit, incredibly well edited. So that I think was incredible. The yeah, technical I think side of it. Well, incredibly well edited. I don't know if they're actually incredible set pieces. I think they're well shot and well edited. Okay. I don't know if the piece itself is incredible. It's just, it's what we've seen a bunch of people getting shot in the face, a bunch of people, stuff blowing up, spinning so around. Like, that's when, fine. Like, it was, is, we've yeah. seen, but we've seen it. Right. But, but when, you, when, you, when you mentioned John Wick, it reminded me what I expected from a sequel like this was what we saw with John Wick 2, which was a, a more in depth look at the world that mm-hmm. the John Wick exists in. So I wanted a more in depth look at the Kingsman world. Yeah. What is their spy like? What is it like? It's been a year for Exy. Like, what is that life like? Instead of like, we get more of the same. And then when they get to the Statesman, it's kind of more of the same Kingsman stuff. And we mm-hmm. really don't have an idea of what's, of what's happening inside that world. Who are these operatives? Yeah. What is, it, what, is their, what is this thing they're doing? How do they get this equipment? Instead of like, we have a nerd tech, we have one tech person who creates in, all of this? In this entire organization. Yeah. We got one tech person, right? But so that's, I, I was hoping for more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, does it? Well, there's, there's not much of it. No, Mark Strong, great actor. Love Mark Strong. What accent is he doing? I don't care. Mark Strong is an American treasure. Uh, except he is not. American. He's in American movies. Oh, okay. Like he he plays a Scottish. You're not going to disrespect Mark Strong. I will disrespect his accents because they make. No I'll sense. be honest with you right now. Jessica's going to punch you in the face <laughs> for disrespecting Mark Strong. He is great. It's just like, like a straight up like his. <laughs> punch his right accent to the, right to your nose makes no sense it goes all over the place it don't is care weird um don't care his counterpoint Halle berry in the statesman Halle, my girl she didn't lose a kid that's a that's a plus when is she going to get a better wig i don't care she like, she no no kids were lost on her watch this time and that's <laughs> that's the important thing she was on a streak of like being terrible with children yeah you know i thought you know a better ending would be Halle berry showing up at the end, mm-hmm. guns blazing. Yeah. Anytime the tech person gets to show off like that, it's great because like they... They did it in Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. With, uh, uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Um, yeah, because essentially they quote unquote make these technologies. They should know how to use them. Not so. just that. They're actual... They're agents as well. They're right. just... Instead of being in the field, they're doing tech work. We saw that. They made fun of that with Spy. Mm-hmm. Where she was clearly an agent, but she was, you know, doing all the sort of drone stuff at at a lap at a desk, you know, walking the agents through dangerous stuff. But she mm-hmm. clearly had skills. So Holly, uh, in, in we and we saw it this time. Like Holly Berry has skills. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Merlin has skills. They're just yeah. they're doing tech work. Yeah, so letting them show off is is fun. It would it, it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that did not make any sense. Mm-hmm. So. Poppy's plan to poison her drug supply works. Yeah, everybody starts getting this blue rash. They start dance. The, the giant chain of dancing was pretty fun. Oh, okay. Just like <laughs> Craig Robinson, Craig Robinson will find his way to a piano in any movie. Yeah, Channing Tatum was going to find a convoluted way to dance. Oh, there is no reason. So the the progression of this disease that Poppy has infected people with, they get a blue rash, a bunch of blue veins. Then they go into the dancing phase where they kind of go crazy for a while and then they become paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure as soon as they cast Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. that was not part of the plan. 
to have them dancing that are like, we got to have Channing Tatum dance yeah. in this movie. And he does. And he gets like it's a 30, funny. 30 second. It's funny. And it works. It's because it's Channing Tatum dancing. It is dancing. Channing Tatum. Like, was like blue veins. He is critically underused in this movie. Yeah. He is in it for a hot 15 minutes. If, total. if that. If that. Why? He's Channing Tatum. He's Channing Tatum. You get to put, as we've seen, if you go to your local theater, you get to put him on a poster. You get to put him in a cutout. You get to yeah. put him in a magazine saying, starring Channing Tatum without ever disclosing how long he's in the film. True. Um, he's funny. Yeah, like, he's I great. like his character. I thought he was great. I wish he had more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so as this, as this disease progresses... They dance and then they get frozen. They get, they get, yeah, paralyzed. And then they bleed out of every orifice. Yeah, body. and then they just explode. Yeah. Um, but the U.S. government is like, okay, we need to round up these people. It is not contagious, mind you. You have to do the drugs to get the disease. Right. But the U.S. government, being the U.S. government, rounds up everyone or rounds up a bunch of people who are infected and puts them in cages. Well, the president's take is like... I'm fine with this. Like yeah. she, we're going to oh, pretend to go get along. Get rid of the drug. drug we're okay because these people, these drug people, it was like very much like Mike Pence. Like these drug people are <laughs> bad people. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with them dying. Mm-hmm. Right. This, this, this very no- narrow view of like how you see people who use drugs. Just like there's a narrow view of people who are on welfare. And there's right. a narrow view of people who who need health care. Mm-hmm. Right. This idea of like, oh, you're you you want free health care, well, then you're just a freeloader instead of like normal people, regular, regular people, people, working people who just don't have health insurance need access to health care for normal everyday things. Um, yeah. You say you don't want people doing certain things. Well, maybe they won't if they had access to health care. <laughs> it's weird. Pre- what a, what a pre- weird preventative care. What a weird thing. Uh, so so but, he, he takes a very hard stance of like, definitely. everyone who does drugs is bad. And if you get caught up in this issue, you then deserve death. You are the same as anybody yeah, else who you deserve has this disease. You deserve to be gone. But they get, so they get them in these cages. Apparently the U.S. government already has thousands of these like four by nine cages yeah. that they just stack on top of Little each other. FEMA cages. Right. Stack on top of each other in the middle of a football field. Yeah. It looks like they're at, at the Cowboy Stadium. Like, like. what? So they already have the resources yep. to cage thousands of Americans. It so that that part was just weird and out there. Um, let me see. I, I don't really think it's that far out there. It is out there in the sense that like they already had those things. It was I, just like I, I don't think I get. I don't think it's that far out there. I don't <laughs> like. I'm not a conspiracy. I don't think it's that far out there that if there was an outbreak, that they would find a way to house people. But they're not even sealed. Like they're not even hermetically sealed. They're just but people went bars. there. People went there not knowing they were being housed. People went there thinking that it was some place for them to go and get. We're gonna put you all here because there's a cure coming. Yeah. The, everyone's at this point in the film. Everyone is on board that the U.S. is helping them find a cure. That right. They're gonna right. That they're going somehow gonna agree with Poppy and work. Mm-hmm. So when they bring them all together for this quote unquote cure that's coming, they're not. They're caging them. <laughs> to me, that's not. That's not at all out there. It's yeah. terrifying to think of yeah. a government doing that, but I can see a government doing that easily. Like, oh, we're going to pretend there's a cure. We're going to round you up. So now we have all of you who are sick together, mm-hmm. and whatever happens to you happens. Yeah. People fled Katrina for safety to these, to some of these places that weren't necessarily that safe. They're not ready. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, come here for safety. And people got there, and there were rapes, and there were murders, and there was assaults mm-hmm. and under the auspice of safety. So these are yeah. very real things that happen. Thankfully, thank God, the, you know, when, when the Houston flood happened, like people, thanks to technology, people were able to discuss and, mm-hmm. and plan ahead. And we we've we went through Katrina, so we know that somehow yeah. 
we need to make these safe spaces. We know the FEMA is not going to show up, yeah. so we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah, let's make some. Yeah, so you had normal citizens mm-hmm. riding around on boats, picking up people, yep. delivering goods. Even my sister. So my sister, they just went through Hurricane Irma. Like she lives in this cul-de-sac, and like she was prepared. And she had like you know storm shutters for her house. But mm-hmm. the one thing she told me was her neighbors were like all in. Like, hey, we've got a case of water. Awesome. If you need some water, if you need some food, like in this little sort of cul-de-sac of like. It's about 16 houses, mm-hmm. like, in this long area, in this, like, sort of housing development, all kind of work together. Awesome. On, like, if you need something, and that's what we're seeing now. And I thought that was awesome because we know, like, you know, rounding a bunch of strangers up together isn't necessarily the safest of all things yeah. to do. So, I mean, I guess in this one, when they do round them up, they're all in individual cages. individual cages. Cages, yes. Sure. Um, the weird. But they had to use the bathroom. That's the thing that's missing in the film. Yeah, and the, it, they these, had to stink in there. These cages are stacked like twenty high. It was probably just the person on the bottom just got the worst. Ugh. Whoever's on the bottom of the Ugh. cage just got it. <laughs> they got it all. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, it's disgusting. Um, the crazy thing about these movies that Matthew Vaughn has done, mm-hmm. he is able to pull what I mean. I don't even know if they if people are like, I want to work with this guy. There are five Oscar winners in this movie. Five. I mean, in this does, in this like silly little who, spy action. Who doesn't want to be a part of a franchise? But a lot of these who doesn't are I, I'm only going to be in one. Who doesn't? But again, but you who doesn't want to be a part of a franchise? Yeah, I guess it just it still surprises me. I guess when when we are going through these things and think think, think about your resume as as someone who is employed, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine you work for some organization, a bunch of small stuff, and you've you've done great. You've won awards there, right? Okay. You get an yep. opportunity to work for some place like Nike or, or, or Google mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And maybe you're one of a bunch of other award winners, but mm-hmm. you get to you get a stretch there. So move on to your next thing on your resume. You'd be like, look, man, I was at Nike, and our profits were through the roof. We did – like whether or not yeah. you had a huge hand in it, <laughs> right? that's a hand you get to play when you're trying to get on for that next – for your next thing, right? That ups your price tag. And acting's the same way. I guess I just don't I get see to be, this I get to, one I get as to be, that. I get to be, why wouldn't it be? If Julianne Moore is like, hey, look at my entire resume, but look at this Kingsman movie that I, like. Why not? Uh, it it would just, it still is surprising so, the amount of people that they are able to get in movies like this. So why are people saying, so the other thing is, why would, why would something like Julianne Moore say yes? Why would she say yes to this? Probably just because it, it is a fun movie. It's a fun movie to do. Like that whole uh, who is the actor said, two for them, one for me. Mm-hmm. Like I will go ahead and do like two critically acclaimed movies or whatever. And he was like, every now and then I want to do one for me. And sometimes people are people are fans of these movies. And Jeff Bridges again, Oscar winner, in this for a hot 25, 30 minutes. So, I mean, if you are only on, if your shooting schedule is a matter of weeks and not months and you get a big old check, I mean, I, I get it. I just am still, like I said, surprised. Elton John being in this movie. Those checks, man. Like, it's, listen, I interviewed an actor one time. He said it so plainly. He said, the moment I'm done with the project, I'm unemployed. Yeah. Well, uh, Until I get another project. Phil Lamar, when I talked yeah. to him, he said that an actor's job is not acting. An actor's job is getting to do that, is getting to just act. act. He was like, then you get the benefit of like, okay, cool, I did a good job. But like an actor's job is searching for a job. Yes. So, so this yeah. is why you get people in these parts. Yeah, I, 
I, and, I guess and, so. And you hope you end up in something that's like it's always something, right? Even mm-hmm. someone like Mahershala Ali, right, who was in the Hunger Games movies, who was in uh, the Predator movie. He had been in a bunch yeah. of stuff, but it took Moonlight to be the thing really like, that sort oh, of like this guy is really that good. launched him. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But he had been in these bigger things, but right, mm-hmm. be, but being able to point your resume and say, "Hey, look, I was in Predator and I was fine, and I could do the action, and I could do this, mm-hmm. get some able to do action in Hunger Games, and do these other things," which is more is more exposure. And then he gets Moonlight. Now he's out of here. Now he's gonna be in True Detective season three, right? Yeah. And th- and that's those are those opportunities that when you see people that are great. Is is that is Taron Edgerton great? No, but we, mm. but what we do yeah. know is he can do action. We yep. do know he can do comedy because mm-hmm. we've we've seen the tape, so we're fully aware of it. Yeah, and when we know he can play in an ensemble cast, we know he knows. Definitely. We know he knows how to like step forward. And we know he knows how to step back, mm-hmm. and it's great. And and Mark Strong's made a living doing this kind of stuff. Absolutely, a killing doing it. Yeah, I can't think of one Mark Strong led project. Uh. <laughs> Like no. Mark, Mark Strong starring in no, but he as a, as a second or third man in line. Yeah, he will kill. He will kill those roles every time. Hmm. Maybe Green Lantern was the closest one because he was the main villain. But now I'm sure there are stuff. But yeah, it, that it is valid uh, with the box office. How you were asking about that before. This was an expensive movie. How much did it cost? This was like 104. That's not expensive these days. Right now, it is sitting at about thirty nine. It'll get money. so it, it'll get money overseas. It, it will get there for the ridiculous stuff that we think is ridiculous. Plays well overseas. They were like, I can't believe there's a laser lasso and there's a laser whip, and then there's <laughs> there's a there's a retirement home in the middle of the mountains. <laughs> dumb, <laughs> so dumb. dumb. <gasps> but that stuff plays well. Yeah, remember we talked we just, last week. We talked about the villainous, right? Mm-hmm. The little heartwarming stuff in between, we didn't. It was like okay, but over but we, there, we were in. But we were in for the action. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's what plays. So it's, it's the same way. There's something that's missed in translation when we try to have these really heartfelt moments. But they're in. They're in it for American action. They're in it for big explosions and cool CGI and slow motion. Like we saw none of that in Villainous. No, it was just all out. So you action. watch the American films to get it, and so it'll play well. That makes sense. It'll play very well. Uh, my. My tagline for this movie, okay. the line that I gave the studio uh, rep when we came out of the theater, 10 gallons of crazy and a five-gallon hat. This movie is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, over-the-top action, whether it was incredible or not, is up for debate. Uh, crazy villains in this hyper-reality where, again, Julian Moore has these two dogs, uh, Benny and the Jet, mm-hmm. like little things. Uh, there was another super uncomfortable scene. The have in- scene? Yeah, a yeah, hamburger scene. That's that's, the, that's villainous stuff. It's it just dumb. makes no sense. This is gross. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that is about it for Kingsman the Golden Circle. Mm-hmm. To the rating system of good, bad, or ugly. You first, Tim. What is the Kingsman the Golden Circle? It's a good. It's not bad. It's a good movie. It's fine. It's, you know, it's mediocre at parts. Mm-hmm. Some of the action holds up. Some of it doesn't. Um, like I said before, I wish they had delved more into the Kingsman world yeah. instead of sort of like forcing these other subplots. It probably could have been like a half hour shorter. Uh, this movie is over two hours. Two hours, 12 almost, minutes. Yeah, almost two and a half. And it's like, nope. Uh, they could have, yeah, it could have easily been under two hours yeah. and just, you know, clocked in like around under two hours and mm-hmm. sort of told a, 145, a, yeah, like, a much tighter story. Um, mm-hmm. But it's fine. If you like Kingsman, you like crazy action and 
bizarre plots, you're, you're going to like be head over heels over it and then probably enjoy it. Again, another fun plane movie. Yeah. Watch it on a plane. Mm-hmm. Going from here to Vegas, you'll be all right. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, my rating is also a good. The completely un uh, unnecessary sexual joke. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Almost drops it down to bad because it just it is such a moment that makes no sense. Has there been more film. of it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean it is it is a good. It is an action movie. Uh, it is a spy thriller. It is based on a comic book by Mark Millar. Mark Millar is gonna get paid mainly because Netflix just bought Millar World. Other than Kick-Ass and Kingsman, Netflix can make anything they want of his stuff. So, Superior... So, you already got paid. You already got paid, and anytime they make one of these projects, like... So, he he is in a good place. Yeah. So, I like seeing comic book writers, you know, step up and be able to get that. So Maybe it'll influence more people to get into the business. That would be great. Mm-hmm. And create original characters, because that was something... Pro- yeah. The amazing thing about him, and I have talked about Todd McFarlane before... When you create your own characters and you own that creator or own that character, it is amazing. So you have people, you know, created Spawn. You know, Rob Liefeld still owns a little bit of Deadpool. So those things, yeah, might take a while to get there. But when you own that character, incredible. So, all right, that was Kingsman, the Golden Circle. So last week. Now, listen, before we get to this, there's no there's no not, not spoiling this film. It's. What what love actually? Yeah. It's, okay. How old? How long has it been? The, when, was it, when was it made? Two thousand two thousand three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you've never seen it, please stop listening to the podcast. We're going to talk about stuff that happens in this film. Go pause the podcast. Go watch it and come back. Right. So for those of you who listened to mm-hmm. last week's episode, yeah, uh, we were talking about Dom Hall Gleason and yes. the movies he has done. He was in a movie called About Time that Tim really liked. As soon as I pulled up the poster, and the poster was like, from the people who brought you Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually. And I just, I have not seen any of those because it just... This is, ter- this is a terrible thing. I so, think. Tim said, I gave him the choice of one yeah. for me to see, and he chose Love Actually. Okay. So I watched it. Wait, before we get... Why, is he, why do you have so much disdain for romantic comedies? Like, where does that come from? I just get bored, and they're so predictable... How are you bored by it? Like, they're, it's good storytelling. Like, how are you bored by it? I just, the, the predictability. You go in with, annoying. like, you're already in, like, a negative four. I, tr- you've got to click, listen. <laughs> as someone who can, you, you, like myself, consume film constantly. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what I do is I try to go in with as less pretense as possible. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right? I'm not bound to a genre, right? I, but, I'm, but I'm aware of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I can do bad sci-fi. I can't really Love do it. bad comedies. Okay. I can do long documentaries. I mm-hmm. can't really do long romantic comedies. Okay. Right? So I'm aware of like where I can bend and where I can't bend. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, if it's a very well-made project, I'm in on it being watching it with open ears and open eyes and seeing what it is about it. And I try that also. Uh, one of the martial art tenets that I really believe in, come into a new thing with your cup being empty. Are you kidding so, me? So I try. You hate romantic comedies, but I try <laughs> to come in. That can't be a tenant. That can't be a tenant. You believe in? That can't be. You don't because what you don't see is your face when you start talking about these movies. If there's so much, ah, oh, this is gonna be this thing, and they're not all one thing. 
They're never like one thing. There are tropes that exist mm-hmm. in romantic comedies, like these people who live in these lavish places, and then we never see them work, or mm-hmm. or people who fall in love in like twenty four hours, and mm-hmm. these men who are like just handsome and can speak well and speak nine hundred languages, and just happen to be single, just looking for the right thing. Right. The girl who's super plain because she wears glasses and a ponytail, and but, overall, yeah, so and, yeah but she's like a knockout. Us. But they're right. like, we're like, oh, I can't find a date because of my ponytail and my nerd glasses. Like these are all tropes that are. Re- ridiculous they're ridiculous because mm-hmm. they don't exist in real life i was watching uh how's a guy in 10 days and, like there's that scene at the end oh, yeah. oh. where he stops his car on the bridge like no. new yorkers would curse him to move out but everyone they stands, would push him over everyone stands and watches like oh this is a love thing instead of like hey buddy i've got to get to work i need you to move, take this love thing over the bridge right now but these things happen right people able to have access to like to like sporting events like courtside like the day of all it's like hey do you want to go to a game it was like yeah and so it's this cute moment of them at the knicks game it's like how did you get courtside seats the day of mm-hmm. like we know that's impossible to get tickets at stable center of course an I had hour to see. before yeah, but an hour before you just show up there's always a seat at the restaurant there's always parking in front of buildings these are tropes that we've been completely okay with we've been yeah. we've been 100 okay with because it's even something like la la land right Mm-hmm. It's not just him being a musician. It's him like owning, like he is a magician who's paid to travel on a hit record around the world. Mm-hmm. That's most people's dreams, right? His dream is owning a club, and he's so sad because he can't own the club. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it's that kind of stuff that we see in romantic comedies. This like I'm a successful woman and I own a bunch of businesses and I make a good gajillion dollars, but I don't have a man, and that is my sadness. And that that is what that's my sadness, yeah. and it's it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way I don't I I don't question Tony Stark creating an Iron Man suit in a cave. I don't question that because yeah. I mean I'm I'm already in on the gag. Yeah, I'm already in on them destroying New York City multiple times and everyone being cool with the Avengers. Like I'm okay with that. I'm okay with gamma rays turning the Hulk into a green a literal monster. Literal monster mm-hmm. amongst other people. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, sh- with with Jaws stalking people like he knows who they are, mm-hmm. even though he lives underwater. I'm fine with. I'm 100 fine with that. So there are always those concessions. Uh, I just got to make them. My, my my barrier, my level of concessions for romantic comedies right. is significantly lower. You don't like them. I generally do not. But so I gave Love Actually a gave chance. it a watch. Um, hold on. It's got, uh, a, it's got a hell of a cast. So I wrote a page of notes oh, that, I, that I'm turning to right now. It's got a hell of a cast. First question. Question. To you. Wait, can we... Let's go over the cast, because need, people need to know who's in this movie. Okay. So... It's important. Right. It, it is. To why you hate it so much, <sighs> and the cast is amazing. I guess, I'm not even... I can see it on your face. The hate, the hate that I received... I can tell by your face you don't like this movie. <laughs> the hate that I received online... It's not... No, it's not hate. It's people being like, what's wrong with you? It's not hatred. And I'd not even give my rating yet. I we still know, have not. We know you. Anyway. Okay, so, so you're telling me your rating is going to be a good? So. The ca- <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a good. The cast. Uh, Bill Nighy. Mm-hmm. Colin Firth. Liam Neeson. Wow. Emma Thompson. Wow. Martin Freeman. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Andrew Lincoln. Kieran Knightley. Bang. Hugh Grant. Laura Linney. This cast is phenomenal. Wow. I will absolutely give it credit for that. Uh, oh, Alan Rickman. How do I credit from Marvel cast? You're so <laughs> condescending about this movie. We haven't even begun talking about it. Give it credit. Um, it's incredible. It, it has it has a great ensemble cast. Yes, the, an amazing cast of actors. 
Right. Some of them before they were stars. Chiwetel wasn't Chiwetel, neither was Andrew Lincoln. Well, of course not, because they did not even give him a chance. He was in the movie five minutes. But he's he's a phenomenal actor in with the opportunity to act in the film. Again, we'll, no, he has three lines of dialogue. But we'll, we'll get to why I think it's important. But later on, when you share this to threads, we're going to tear the threads. We're going to talk about it. Go okay. Ahead. Question. Question. Now that we went over the cast, which is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, director, Richard Curtis. There's a big butt coming. Um, I feel like I know him from stuff. Uh, well, oh, never mind. Notting Hill. Never yep. saw it. Love Actually. Yep. Never seen it. Um, you just watched it. Love Actually. Oh, right. I meant, uh, what was I looking at? About time. Uh, oh, wow. Another movie you need to watch. Uh, let me see. Mr. I Love Sci-Fi. Watch About Time. It's a sci-fi oh, did, romantic comedy. He did some Black Adder and Mr. Bean, so I know him from Mr. that. Mr. Bean is in Love Actually? He is. Ron Atkinson. He steals that scene. He was great. Ron Atkinson. He's great in that scene. Okay. It's a great story. To my question. Yeah. What makes this a classic? It's a bunch of love stories that's all tied together. An ensemble cast that's based around Christmas, and it was post nine eleven, and we needed some, we needed some good natured love in this country, in our cinema, we just didn't have it. You remember what it was like post nine eleven? Like people right. were kind of on edge. Okay, and this was a love story about how love is a unified. And the movie starts literally starts with that, like that's the opening to the film, mm-hmm. like love being this, un- and that, it ends with it, like love being this unifying thing. It is something that unifies us all. We can all identify with. A number of these characters we see in the film. So that is what makes it a classic. That's what makes it a classic. It's a very well told story. Okay. And and also it's structured (laughs) differently than most romantic comedies. Uh, That I will agree with. You don't agree that love unifies us all? No. Who are you, Cobra Commander? (laughs) Uh, Destro, preferably. Um, No. Okay. Would you agree that love, love, love unifies us all? Yes. And that is the theme of the film. Yes. Okay. How are you against it? So you're you're you, like you these. You're to, like you, these. <laughs> you talked about the story. The storytelling yes. was different. Yeah. That I also agree with. Right. What I do not understand about the storytelling: why introduce eight storylines and only resolve four? Because everything's not resolved in love. Then John. why? Like, but <laughs> okay. So Kira Knightley and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I seriously think he had three lines. That's fine. Andrew Lincoln, uh, Rick Grimes from Walking Dead. I mean, he's dirty macking the whole time. It's bad. I mean, it, it's it's cringeworthy. That that whole that whole storyline, throw that away. Why? Had no business being in there. That's that's not true. Okay, so no, so he might be gay. Oh, but no, he actually he might love his best friend. But no, he loves his best friend. It was girl. it wasn't about him. He might be gay. People notice how intrigued the woman as she's talking noticed how involved she was in him, but it wasn't him. It was his wife. That's the that's the thing. It wasn't never him. But people people had a hard time reconciling like that's his boy. Why would, so he's clearly not into her because that's his boy's girl. Like that's the thing. It's not that he was gay. Is that they, they well one of the characters specifically said be, they're be, like because oh. they saw how into them he was and they assumed it was him and not her. Mm-hmm. Not that he was actually, they thought he was really gay, but that was that was the only that was the only sort of idea that she could come up with. It's like, oh, he must be gay because he's totally he keeps staring at them. But it's not that; it's her. And we saw that when he shows the the wedding video. It's all her in the video. You didn't? How did you miss? Did you hate this no, movie I, so much that no, you missed? That? I saw that. It just like how did you when, miss that when he goes the to film? the so first of all, that storyline disappears for like forty five minutes. Right. 
it shows up at the end when he goes to her door and has yeah. the stereo and the cards and everything. That was a scene that I knew was in this movie, yes. just from popular culture. Right. I did not know that we would only have like 10 minutes to even get to know who these people are or care about them. So you don't shows, need to care about when them. When he shows up know at the who they end are. and like turns the cards and then he walks away and she runs up and he kisses him. He just had to him. get that off of his chest. I remember when I was, if I was, I was. In then the, if you, if that is your this best will, friend. This, this will tie into later on in the, in the, in the okay. film. I was in seventh grade and I was, it was my, my sister had a friend named Janine who I just had a huge crush on. Of course. <clears throat> my brother. I'm still alive at this point. Well, because I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, we were moving from S- Sacramento to Vancouver, Washington. Right. So it's literally my last day of school and not even a full day. I'm like there, get some paperwork, mm-hmm. stuff on my locker, and I'm out. My brother right. the night before was like, you need to tell her you like her because you're mm-hmm. not going to do that again. Okay. And so with all the courage I had, I like she was it was like a scene out of a film. Like I come. She's like at her locker. And there's like nobody around. Okay. Right? There was, there was no way for me to sort of punk out. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. ain't nobody around. And I just like vomited a bunch of nonsense about how I liked her. It was just was I thought like, you were so pretty. Yeah, like it flowers. was just like, <laughs> and I was just, right? And she, and she said, and I will never forget this. Who are you? No. <laughs> she's who I was. Come on, man. I had, I, I had, I had young style back then. Mm. She said, um, wow, I wish you would have told me sooner because I, oh. I liked you too. Closed her locker and walked away no wonder you like these movies just, that happened to me <laughs> right no wonder a person right so i get andrew lincoln's like i need to just get this off my chest and it, it was even though you know of course i don't, I don't know what janine's doing now these days but like it was good for I, like, me go to the google yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Janine>. facebook <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna find look you at her, look at her old middle school so i can find her um <laughs> But yeah, but even you know this, 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 the opportunity to tell someone you care about, you care about them. Even it doesn't have to go anywhere. It's just I get to, I need to need to let you know this is how I feel. I even know this lead anywhere, and just now nah, I'm good. It's like therapy. Okay, it's therapeutic in a lot of ways. And that I agree. I'm a huge fan of mental health. Here's the problem, though. <laughs> so, Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah, and best friend Andrew Lincoln. Yep. You see them again, all three of them, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which means they have stayed hanging out together. Yes. There is no way on this planet. That's not true. Where not some, true. somebody can be like, I love you. I've always loved you. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But you're with my best friend. Go through his car. He doesn't want to. She kisses him. And then he doesn't there's no be best friend her, that though. never comes up again. He doesn't want to be with her. He, that's the thing. He's not trying to like steal her. He's not, Mr. I'll steal your girl. He's, that's not him. Do you know how many women are not comfortable having their, actually not even women. Do you know how many partners are not comfortable having their partner be in and around other people, maybe opposite genders or same gender, depending, because they're like, I don't know their motivations. I don't know this. You don't need to, ha- you don't need to be yet- friends with those people. That's the thing. You don't need to be friends. Like, do you know how many women are comfortable keeping those kind of secrets? A ton of them. A ton of women are like, cool. We're like, oh, I know he probably was into me. Do you know how many women have boyfriends and they know their friends are into them? Like they're the first ones to call once there's a breakup. Like there's women listening right now who are nodding their heads like, mm-hmm. First time I broke up, his homeboy hit me in the DMs like, ah oh, man, that's so, cold. You need you want to go to happy hour and talk about it? Like, there's a lot of dirty magic. Why, why do you want exactly like why do you want that around you? But it like, wasn't it it wasn't he wasn't constantly like hitting on her. There wasn't a thing that was happening. He told her how he felt. I know we can't be together. I've always been into you. I'm into you, but it's not a thing. And he 
And so they're able to move forward because there was reconciliation with him getting it off his chest. It wasn't like, I'm trying to be with you. And he's he's constantly leaning on her like, damn, look mm-hmm. at you messing up over there. I heard I heard there's a receptionist at work that he's kind of into. Right. He ain't not doing that. He just wanted to tell her and that was it. it so that's how they're able to be friends. Right. But the whole contrivance of going to the door and putting the carolers on, if that is your best friend and you are like, ask her out to coffee. Like, yeah. do this, why, why do this elaborate thing with cards? It is dumb. If she if she goes to Chuatel and she was like, "Hey, uh, Andrew, I forget the character." He's a creative was. person. I don't. I'm not gonna knock him for that. Um, I wouldn't go over the top and do that, but like, I don't knock him for finding creative ways. Because listen, sometimes people aren't necessarily good with words, so they can't right. sit down and talk to people and be like, "Hey, I can articulate how I'm feeling and why this is hurtful or why I feel this way." But his ability to articulate how he felt through a bunch of cue cards and some music, that's fine because he got his point across and it helped him exercise whatever demons he had he was dealing with this relationship i'm a thousand percent on the side i think he was dirty macking i didn't like what he was doing Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to knock his ability to express how he felt to this woman that's fine speaking of i wish i had cue cards i maybe that would look dumb in a locker when i was 14 but man it might have worked speaking of how people interact and whatever laura linney's character uh what was it laura something yeah um uh, so this is one of the other eight storylines okay so this is Alan Rickman's coworker. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the office knows that she likes him and that he likes her. When yeah. are they going to get together? How can you be this old and this awkward? Laura Linney. Why is you like, act like there aren't people in the world like this? It's like a 16 would be like, I, I just don't know if he likes me and I can't. Talk. Like what? There, get, are, there are people, everyone isn't socially... And I understand that. It just, no, you, it, it, okay. <laughs> you can't say you understand it and be like, how are there people in the world like this? There are people like that. Everyone can't articulate that. People have a hard time. And that's the part of the film, right? Lo- right. Love means different things to different people. And we mm-hmm. all like, there's, my dad told me a long time ago, like, there's a lot of things I can teach you. I can't teach you what love feels like. Okay. Yep. But I can tell you that you should love people and you should know when you're not being loved. Like, those are things my dad taught me. Mm-hmm. So... If someone in their older age is awkward with how they express liking someone, I don't fault them for it. My dad's an extrovert. I saw I watched him be an extrovert. So guess what? I'm an extrovert and I can mm-hmm. have no I have no problem approaching people and talking to them. I also do not dismiss people who can't do it. It's not that they I dismiss it. Because they can't do it. It just at some point and I also do not like him. So Carl, the guy that she likes, I don't like him for quite a few reasons. Mainly because like she has a special needs brother. Yeah. So her and Carl are are down to get down and her phone rings and it is him. She's like, I just have to take this. Yes. And he was like, why? Like Carl is dirty like that. Just if you're if the person you are with or a person you want to be with has a special needs person in their life or just someone in general who needs them, you're really going to try and make them feel bad about it. No, I don't think he's trying to make her feel bad. I think people don't. If that's not your your live, if that's not your life, you have a hard time understanding it. Like, for yeah, instance, I just did not for, like him. For instance, okay, my biological mother, we do okay. not get along. And mm-hmm. when I explain to people who, because if I told people my dad was sort of a, not a good person, they'd be like, oh, I get it. Dads sometimes are absentee dads, right? But when I was talking about my biological mom being this, this way, people have a hard time reconciling it. So it's like, oh, well, you should try talking to her. You should, mm. I texted you guys yesterday about how some crazy technical <laughs> phone call I had with my mom yesterday. True. So, and so uh, when those things happen, if you don't, if it's, if you don't have a parent in your life who is sort of off the rails, it may be hard for you to reconcile. And but even as a human, but like, people, 
Yeah. Like, I'm not as a human in the perfect world. Every human could look at someone's human human like situation and identify and be empathetic. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if we don't if we don't know how people handle situations and their coping mechanisms or how they deal with it, how they communicate, then we maybe it's uncomfortable for us for us because we don't know how to navigate in those areas. And he's someone who's he's not thinking about he's someone who's trying to hook up with somebody he works with. Right. He's not thinking about her and like the life she lives. If I was just hooking up with some random girl and she had some life crisis situation happen, I'm maybe not empathetic. I'm not because I'm not thinking about being empathetic at the moment. Well, true. So things happen. I don't think it's like wrong for him to be like, oh man, I was really hoping that this would happen tonight, but now you've <laughs> got to run off to the hospital and deal with your brother. Yeah, that's a human reaction. I could be faking, be like, oh, for real? You got to go? Oh, man, take care of your problems. I guess I'll just go home. I, I just That just made me not feel for his character and not care about his you character. You hate human, you hate real human responses. No. Uh, <laughs> People are Terminators. Like, I get it. I get it. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. What else do I have on here? Okay. Is Why is Bilbo in porn? Why is Don't Matthew know. Martin Freeman, like, that never gets explained and never goes anywhere? Or, I mean, it goes somewhere in the very end when, like, oh, we're engaged. But it was like, why are you a stand, like... It's a it, job. What? It just made... It's a job. No sense. Are there people who work in porn? Of course there okay. are. That's it. But it just... You didn't want to see him specifically in porn? No, it did not make sense. If you were doing lighting, there's no reason why you would have the actress there and not the actual person, not the actual guy. You would have both of them to get your lighting right. I mean, it just... So you're having a technical problem with this movie? Yeah, I have a lot of technical problems, but... Uh, because the, technically, there wasn't the male <laughs> actor there, just the female I just, actor? It made, no, it made no reason... There was no reason for him to be there, and, like, how it was showing her nudity all the time, and she was totally fine with it, but for no reason. No, the reason was him, like, he had to... He, was, he had to see her as a person, despite this interaction. All right. That's true. Look, think about it, right? We have... You, you and I both know... People look at people who are who are sex workers in the porn industry Absolutely. in a different light. So mm -hmm. this was him seeing her literally in a different light than he was used to. That's why it's important that it's in the film. Sure. Uh, okay, moving you down. Mean, it's, that's, what did you Did you watch this in Fast Forward? Uh, no, <laughs> I watched it. Um, another trope yes. that I, I cannot stand in movies. The rich guy... Pulls up the poor girl from the bootstraps and gives her a better life. Yeah, that's that's Dumb. that's come on, that's everything. That's right, every it, just, trope. it gets so. Just, I, I just had a hard time with that because, of course, here's the new prime minister, Stuttery McStutterface, played yeah. by Hugh Grant, and he is shaking hands with people. And there's this girl yeah. who is from the bad part of town. Who, who actually said she says the bad not, part of town. The bad. We she, know it's not the bad part of town. She says, "I'm from this neighborhood." The bad part. You know it's not the bad part of town. Anyway. So, of course, she is uncouth. How did she get a job at when Westminster Abbey if she was like, if she was so uncouth and made that many mistakes? She's good at her job. Around the future prime minister. She's good at her job. And other than his name, Stutter McStutterface, he also has another name. Petty Tendergrass. Mm -hmm. Petty Pendergrass because he gets her fired mm -hmm. because he sees her kissing someone. And again, he has not explained to her hey, that was an appropriate work behavior. Nope. He just fires her because he got his feelings hurt. Yes, that's something that men do. And like, no, no, You're telling me that's not something no, that men but do? but I'm just saying it just it makes me not feel anything for him. It just makes me not like him. And so him redeeming himself at the, the end and going to her house and blah, blah. 
it means nothing because I'm like, no, you are an idiot. But it's it's again, I think the theme of the film is that love connects all of us, and people do dumb stuff when they're in love. The connecting thing was infidelity in yeah. most of these relationships. Yeah, yes, yes. And it's just like the Alan Rickman um, storyline with Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. So two fantastic actors, and I, I love both of them. I just have a hard time in general. This is one of those concessions. Any movie that has to do with infidelity and cheating spouses, mm-hmm. it just like it irks me. Just because I just I hate watching it because it makes me feel uncomfortable. And people I just, cheat, right? And I get that. But she confronted him at the end, like you know, where I like the way she confronts him. Like, hey, what do, what am I supposed to do when I find out my husband bought this necklace? And, mm-hmm. and but her question I thought was really poignant, which was like, is it just a necklace or is it more? Right. Which I thought was important. It reminded me of recently we saw the Kevin Hart thing where Kevin Hart's cheating on his wife. Right. The more appalling thing about this wasn't necessarily that he's having sex with some Instagram looking model. Mm-hmm. Was that these pictures of them all keying it up, hugged right. up, hand on it. Like that's way more damaging. It's clearly a relationship yeah. where he's like laughing with this person. That's way more hurtful than like I may have had sex with some strange woman on the road. And that's what she's asking. It's like, is this? Yeah. A, are you just buying a gift for some woman because you think she's pretty? And it's a fling, or is this something you're? Is this a relationship that I'm gonna have to deal with? Yeah. And so it just that was just it was just hard to watch. I mean, maybe it's just because that, that emotional connection, you know, or whatever. So it did make me the feel Christmas something. Opening that was rough. That when she, when, she, when the opening present, she's expecting this necklace because women are smart and they figure things out. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, he's got this necklace, and she opens Joni it. Joni Mitchell CD. And it's a, yeah, and and she's trying to fake happy. Mm-hmm. And not not put all her cards on the table, and she goes in a room and she finds it and she has this emotional breakdown. Again, what women do, right? We mm-hmm. watch her during that Christmas scene have this emotional moment, and then have to like turn it back on for the kids. And right. even when they're at when she confronts them at the end, she has to quickly like get her stuff. Almost crushed my pocket, but get mm-hmm. her stuff together real quick and go engage her children who were just in this performance. Like that's a thing that women who struggle with like have to go through absolutely the performances in this movie were great i'm not taking anything away from the performances right um so uh the other reason why i do not think the keir knightley and andrew lincoln storyline was necessary is because you have a way better version with the kid uh the kid who was in game of thrones who i'm forgetting his name let me pull it up so his that plays directly into your story of when you were in middle school. Yep, exactly. Thomas Brody Sangster. Right. You know, and he liked the American girl and she was leaving. That whole situation made sense. Okay. That childlike innocence, that like my life's over. She's you know, she's the, she's the one. Like that made sense. There was no reason to have the adult version of that with Andrew Lincoln being there, like there, okay, here's the difference. So in, in in both versions, mm-hmm. you're seeing these these sort of so when when the kid so the whole time they're talking about this girl at school, mm-hmm. you never see her, right? When the reveal is she's like this little black American girl, mm-hmm. and it's never a thing. And the same with Tuatha Ejiofor's character, it's never a thing that he's this person of color. And I think that's especially at the time was important because we st- even in American film we still make it a thing. Yeah. Unless it's someone at the helm who's who's a person of color, like it's still like a thing that he's like a black guy, and this is a little black girl, and what are we gonna do with this mixed race thing? Despite the numerous interracial relationships we've had in this country mm-hmm. since since we've been here, it's still a thing. So to watch this film with this this kid is head over heels over this little black girl is amazing because that's Absolutely. real life. Yes, and I think that was to me like 
that and then I guess then the little kid was pure innocence. Like he talks Absolutely. about love being this destructive thing, and now he's gonna be sad. And he's so mm-hmm. serious at a young age. He 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 wants to be with this girl, so he learns to play the drums so he can perform with her. And she crushes this performance. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, his dad's really excited for him. Then he has a quick meet cute in the hallway, and then he then you know Liam Neeson's like, well let's let's go to the he, airport. But he tells know. him like, hey, I didn't get to tell your mom that you know every day mm-hmm. like she was perfect every day. This is your moment for sure. Like let's go be stupid. So he they run down to the airport. And one thing Aaron said on Twitter was like, this was post 9-11. He just sort of like rushed yes, through the airport yeah. without like... Getting... That kid was getting tasered. Oh, yeah. He's getting tasered <laughs> on, on site. Um, but he rushes through the airport, runs up to her. We don't get to see the exchange that they have because they cut. Like he, She says, hey. Mm-hmm. He turns around. And then when we see him, it's security. The next time we see them, it's security walking him through. And he's really happy. Then his dad says, turn around. And she's there. And she runs oh, up. Right, she right. kisses him on the cheek. That's amazing. Absolutely, I I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I'd watch a whole movie of those of those, yes. of those two. I, I love that storyline. Uh, you had your seventh grade moment. I did like that. Uh, mine was in first grade where I almost got married. No, uh, there's a whole <laughs> whole other story that I'm not going to on here. But so I, I love. Were the, you at the age of consent when this happened? <laughs> no. Uh, right. um, no, I asked someone to marry me. It was going to be great, and then she ran away. Anyway, um, so. I loved that storyline. He was great. Totally convincing. The look that, like, during the performance when she's like, all I want for Christmas is you, and she points to him, and he has this big smile, and she's like, and you, and you, and he switches in a second, being like, wait, she was pointing to someone else? Like, yeah. he he crushed it. Yeah. He was great. He was good. Um, really liked him. She uh, killed that. She killed that song. Yeah. That was great. Um, the office harlot, you know, who knows that Alan Rickman is married. That's a real thing. I just it's a real thing. I just get like, so I bored with that storyline because we have thing. seen it a thousand times. It's a very real thing. Yeah. Again, she's someone who's looking for love in other ways. Who thinks she's searching on this search for love by seeing this man who's married, and that's that's the thing that brings her joy. Is like, oh, I'm about to get this dude who's already taken. Right. It's it's ridiculous and not something that I would necessarily support, but. A lot of times on people's journey to find love, mm-hmm. they go through these things in life where they yeah. they feel like what they know is right and, and these things they're doing, they justify what they're doing. And maybe she thinks she's going to fall in love with this old man and that's going to be her thing. Or maybe she's just flirting. Maybe it's a game for her. I don't know, right? But that yeah. at this point in this life, this quote-unquote young harlot, mm-hmm. this is the part of her journey she's in. And she's pulling in all these other people mm-hmm. Um and have an effect on their life without without really knowing what she's doing. If everyone in the office knows that uh, Laura and Carl like each other and everything, do you really think all your side eyes and glances are not being noticed by the rest of the people on staff? No, but people keep to their own. Like Ugh. people see it at work. We ever work in the office. We see it. Yeah. Sometimes people are like ain't, ain't my business because they realize that it impacts other people. So I can't be like, hey man. I saw the way you're looking at Susie. Like I gotta be like, you know, if if we're close, maybe I can put it aside. And be like, hey man, that's maybe, mm-hmm. maybe chill with the with the Susie talk, and maybe put up some pictures of your daughter and your your, right? your, your kids and your wife, and maybe make that part of the conversation yeah. with her. Um, but just just kind of weird. Um, uh, the nativity scene, I yeah. absolutely loved. Okay, uh, the church that I grew up in, we did like a traditional nativity scene for a while, mm-hmm. and then it just became. All right, the kids are here. It is going to be late. Just wear whatever you want. That was great. So you saw kids in like lobster costumes. There was a Spider-Man kid. That resonated with me deeply because like that was 
I, I have seen that before when the parents are like, "What? Just wear whatever you right. want." So you would have Power Rangers in the nativity yeah. scene. It was amazing. So I really liked that. Um, honestly, the the kid was the only one that I really not the Colin Firth one. Cared. About. I I liked his storyline. Uh, That's a beautiful. The storyline that also was one hundred percent unnecessary was the British guy who goes to America to nail some American chicks, and all of them are just bimbos. All of them like. Really, this is what they, people, they I, think of again, us. Again, for like, him, that's his idea of like finding love is going to America. And right, but some... the fact that like I'm just going to go to the first bar and yes. then you have her and her two friends yes. and then you have two different friends at the end. Like, yes. That was just dumb. Cut that all it's, out. It's dumb, but for some people that's right. I think going to some music festival and just trying to hook up with the first girl I see is dumb. But there's some, there's some young men out here who feel like that's it for them. Right, but that person that you see then is the, I mean, in his view, a 10. Uh, in, yeah. re- in reality, like five, six. Um, yes. I just, yeah, that I just did not like that. Story. I did not care about him at all. So when he shows up at the end, he was like, this is Silentone. It was Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. And he was like, and this is her sister or whatever. And it was, uh, 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 whatever her name is. Like, I just, it was just dumb. I, I just did not care about that whole storyline. So I was glad that he disappeared for a long time. Like a lot of these characters right. did. But wait a minute. So you didn't like the Colin Firth thing? No, I liked his storyline. Um, I think we've that, all had those moments, like like so when when the when the script floats into the water, she has to get undressed. Yeah. We've had those moments of like, oh, I didn't realize she was this beautiful. Like he had that moment of like, wow. Yeah, I do not I'm, like. I've the, been working with this woman this whole time, and I had no idea she was as attractive as she is. Yeah, it's like a little libel moment for him. He realized that he was falling for. Her. I also, and then he like was, he comes to like he gets the people to come, and he's he's struggling with the language, but he mm-hmm. wants to let her know. In the best way possible that he wants to be with her and he can, they can either stay there and they can move to like be with me. That was a beautiful moment. I don't know how you can yeah, hate that. I, I, I never said I hated it. I thought it was weird that she fell in love with him in a matter of like days and he was like, That's know, part of the, the again, th- these are the tropes that we are okay with. A matter of days not, they fall I'm, in love. I'm not okay they fast forward everything for like the movie. I get it. They're solving mysteries super fast in these movies that yeah. we know take a long time. But it's the, if we, it's it's a deal we make when we sign up for these movies. It's like okay, you're gonna fall in love over a matter of days. Yeah. Let's time aside the fact that these two people are spending a lot of intimate time together was mm-hmm. what it was. Okay. To two people who don't speak the same language, are spending intimate time together, right? So even something that's language, the language of love, but language isn't necessarily a barrier of at course. all times, and they fall in love. Yep. So I I liked his storyline. I liked the kid storyline. Yes. I think a lot of them were just dumb. Okay. Um, and just unnecessary. Uh, like you have to like. I try to look at this film is this way. Like <laughs> people view love and they search for love and they find love mm-hmm. in so many different. Absolutely, ways. it has many faces. Totally to it. agree with that. And this movie is is showing the many different faces. Whether you agree with how they go or not, whether you believe in that's true for your life or not, mm-hmm. that these are the different ways that people find love and love grows within them. And I I'm I like the film because it puts them all on display. Like. Here are a bunch of different stories, and these are different ways people find through love. Because you're dealing with an older couple that's in love, and they're struggling. He's struggling with this other woman. Mm-hmm. You've got a, you've got a dad who, who who lost love, but now his son is at an early age finding it. And he's trying to walk him through it as he's grieving the loss of his wife, right? You've got a guy who's going to America is finding love. You got a guy who un, just stumbles upon love. You got a guy who has unrequited love with his best friend's wife. Mm-hmm. These are all different pathways. And how people deal with it, and that's the beauty of this of the movie. Okay, that's the beauty of it all. Uh, okay. Uh, so because this is a classic, 
movie. It's a classic movie. It does not fall into the normal rating system of good, bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. It falls into my other unique rating system, which is too late or worth the wait. Right. Where, uh, yeah, it just it is, it is pretty simple. A movie that is too late, just kind of missed you, did not really make sense, worth the wait. A classic that remains a classic. Mm-hmm. So Love Actually, 2003, uh, too late. I just... You are, I, knew, I, I told you, I knew it. <laughs> it just, I, I can tell from the beginning. I already kind of forgot about this movie. It is something that I'm glad I'm glad I saw it. Yes. Just to kind of get those references and everything. It it no. It, it's got the Christmas thing in it. It's Bill Nye. He was crushing it but as, as, as the aging rock star. Yeah. Uh, again, the cast. Again, the cast was di- phenomenal. Again, a different kind of love, but love had a life mate. Love nonetheless in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It 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 missed me. Uh, he so, loves his music, but it's turned to this thing that he necessarily doesn't necessarily love anymore. And he loves his manager. But he loves his manager. Mm-hmm. And that's what the love for music has grown into a love for a, a, a life mate. Yeah. How do you hate this movie? Like I, I, I never said I hated it. It just it is too late. Like I just I I watched it. I gave it a chance. I really you tried. Didn't. I you, really, you were like really texting <laughs> and talking and like <laughs> you weren't giving it a chance. Um, this is un, this is unbelievable. This so is unbelievable. If about time, about time okay, you'll like more. How much? It's, how much sci-fi elements are in it? Enough, enough. You'll like about time more. You'll like it more. And okay. Chris, I think Chris Lambert said that on Instagram. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, you'll like that more. You'll like about time more. It's got it's got a heavy father-son element to it. It's clearly the foundation okay. for the film, which is in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. The love stuff isn't too sappy. There's a few tropes, but it's mostly about this guy's journey and trying to figure out like, like if you had the opportunity to plan a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Because you could travel to through time, right? What would, how would you, you do? How would you do, how would you do it? it? And what okay. are you crafting? What things are you and aren't you doing? And he talks about. And there's also like some voiceover narrative stuff that explains, like, hey, you know, I realized that like this wasn't working, so now I'm doing this now. That explains okay. all of it. It's got Margot Robbie in it again. I think their conversation at the beginning of the movie is very important for single okay. people. Um, and then the father's stuff is great. Okay, you're probably going to shed a, a half a tear. It, it, father son stuff gets you're gonna me show, there's way a scene where I know you're gonna show just the opening Bill Nye he statement I'm like oh so yeah, so, yeah. Uh, John's gonna cry big fish another one like father son stuff like father son stuff affects me so again I am not some crazy automaton who you hate not, love you hate I do not you think you hate love you as an <laughs> institution you can't stand it I love love you sure are you are we sure about this I do love people love. listen to this podcast are like John <laughs> has a heart of coal uh, no I have taught I did a whole episode on movies that made me cry. That's crying and love are not the same thing. Yeah, true. And actually, I don't think any of the movies that I cried about had to do with love. Anyway, I think I, th- I don't know. I think it's important that people. I think we sometimes because we can't explain the feeling of love that mm-hmm. it's something that's hard to put into words that we don't fully understand it. That it's it's difficult for people to see it outside of the prism that we see it in. That it looks different. Like that's why people have such a hard time with like our LGBTQ community because they can't understand like. Yeah. What is it like to love another man? Well, I don't know what that's like, but mm-hmm. I do know what it's like for me to love someone. And if that person is telling me, when I walk down the street, I see this other man, I love him. Who am like, I'm denying that because it's not my mm-hmm. experience. That's a little crazy. Absolutely. And so again, like I, I, I right. Love, so there's I, different I, ways that people love. There there's is. different things that people love. Yeah. You love your comics. I do. You love your comics. I know women who love their makeup. Mm-hmm. I know women who love their shoes. Mm-hmm. I know I have a friend who loves shoes. Yeah. Who loves them. And so with with rom-coms, that is just not the way that I like 
to see love or the the movies that make me be like, man, I cannot wait to see that new movie about love in that way. But I think that much like like anything, I think once you peel back the nonsense, I think at the core of it, there is a lesson about love that's in there. But mm-hmm. it takes having the patience to be like, all right, let's throw off this BS about you having this perfect life in New York City where you don't work, but you live in a lavish apartment mm-hmm. and you, you somehow have access to unlimited funds of money yep, to right. fly at the drop of a dime. Let's throw all that out. Uh, what are we watching? Are we watching? We're watching a man or a woman who's struggling with their identity as a person and is trying to find something. Mm-hmm. We're all, yeah. I, read, I read a book once called Connected and it talked about how we're all in search of being f- of fitting into some kind of group like all of our all of our five senses are meant to interact with other people and other things they're not meant for isolation Mm -hmm. so just your mere existence as a person is interacting with other people like the worst thing they can do to you in prison is prison isolation is isolation Mm -hmm. that is the punishment and so as people we're trying to connect constantly we're like we're like we're like a phone always trying to connect to wi-fi we're always trying to connect, and sometimes those connections work, sometimes they don't. But that, but the 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 want and the need to connect never goes away. Absolutely, there was an article that I read recently uh, that was about touch starvation. Yeah, because how connected we are to everybody with Twitter, with Facebook, with all of these things, and we have all these interactions, but physical touch, mm-hmm. we as Americans are starving. Yeah, like just you know hugging somebody holding someone's hand, whatever it is. People, like I'm all for giving people hugs. Yeah. And so, but that, so hug a day, hug a day works. Yeah. Um, so the touch starvation, love in all of its many, many myriad ways. I'm all on board with that. Are you I sure? just have a hard time with these films, with this genre the, of the film. Th- the thing that you say you love that you're okay with is in, they're in these films. Mm-hmm. You just have to stomach some of the nonsense to get to it. Right. There's right. medicine in there. It's just a bunch of gross food you don't want to eat, but there's there's always medicine in there. And some of them are dumb. Some of them are over the top. Some mm-hmm. of them are, are ridiculous. Absolutely. And some of them are super mushy and you're just like, no one loves like that. When you put but, medicine into peanut butter for the dog yeah. to eat, they they still, yeah. it is still there. But the, but the bulkiness of some of these films, how clunky they are, is can be a turnoff. Mm-hmm. But I think for something like Love Ashley, something like you know, about time. I think there are really, really good nuggets in there about the way we okay. process love in our lives. And would how you, it comes across. would you say this is in your top three, if not your top one rom-coms? Yeah. It's in the top five. Easy. Easy. Okay. Cause I can rewatch it and I pick up, Oof. even when I rewatched it yesterday, I picked up little things like, like how, like when, like when, again, like when she's, conf- when she's going through this struggle and maybe, you know, it just, you know, as my life grows, like the way I see things changes. And so I'm watching this woman who's struggling with, Knowing her spouse is cheating, mm-hmm. and how does she confront him? And then how does she still be a mom? And how does she still be a wife? Because she doesn't want to throw everything out, but she yeah. wants to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like that's a difficult thing to be in. And even for the young kid Sam, like this, it's like it's like meeting someone new and being like, "Man, I'm falling for this person." And mm-hmm. man, this person is going to wreck me. Either way, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Either way, either we're in love and I'm vulnerable because I'm in love with this person. Or they reject me and I'm vulnerable because I'm rejected. Like, this is going to be a reckoning coming. Mm-hmm. It's like Bane. This is a reckoning coming. <laughs> you see this reckoning on, mm-hmm. the, on the horizon. And you just have to buckle down for it. And here he is as, as a little kid understanding that. and then, But still, like, doing what's necessary to just, just to be in connection with this young woman. Only then do you have permission to cry. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> like he, he learns an instrument just so he can be close to this mm-hmm. person. 
I get for I, for the opportunity yes. to say this is how I feel. I love that storyline. That's Absolutely. what yeah. people do. Like that's mm-hmm. that is love to be like I, I've done stupid. I remember I went on a date with this girl. She was Tibetan, and okay. I remember learning all this stuff about because her parents like had fled the country. So before we went out, I read all stuff about Tibet. I remember we talked about it on our date. Mm. Just talked about. She talked about her family story, and it was got it got really emotional. But it was like a good conversation. Like mm-hmm. She was just like this is what my parents went through, and I had some reference for what she talked about. And yeah, it went a long way with her that I was like interested enough in what happened to her family to read about Tibet of all places mm-hmm. uh, that I yeah. never even was concerned about. So things are important. And when you like someone, those are things that you do. You learn about the things that they love and mm-hmm. the things they're involved in. Totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that was love, actually. Uh, still too late. So, uh, but... I can't believe you. If About Time has more, not more. You'll stuff. like About Time more. That's okay. not... A, when Chris said it, I knew it was true. You're going to like About Time way, way more. Okay. Well, it's going to be higher on your list. You're not going to be as, like pretentious about a love story about a young man who can travel through time and the, he's passed down to the men of his family okay the best rom-com in my opinion is it like and it is not only the best rom-com it is always in my top three movies of all time what princess bride i guess it's not yeah. my top three. what it's not my top three it is a romance it is a comedy it's not it in my action. top three okay it is and it i'm is, saying i didn't like it. it is a perfect film it is a film that has deep romantic conflict and that i it's have a watched silly comedy with an incredible romantic story but it's line. a silly but it's mostly a silly comedy exactly why i that, can tolerate that's, it that's why you can tolerate my, my ratio comedy. in the rom if it were a com rom or if it were like 80 20 comedy romance i can do that sometimes but if it is 50 50 or 60 40 romance and comedy what are you what's the problem with romance i just get bored there's romance in all these movies we watch right and a lot of them are terrible Anyway, I'm noticing a pattern here because you hated the romance in the movie and the villainous. Uh, oh, no, I did not hate it. It was just it was an interesting thing that they do just in a lot of Asian cinema. But in these crazy action movies, they will put in a love story that is pretty deep and powerful and meaningful and then go right back into crazy action. So that's life. You, you have these moments of love and these moments of crazy action. <laughs> you stab people in the face. I mean, sometimes some days you got to get it done. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, on this episode, we talked about the new TV show, Ghosted, Ghosted. which Tim and I both recommend. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully, Fox does not pull a fox yes. and fox it up. Oh, unbelievable. And we hope it lasts. Kingsman, the Golden Circle. We both gave good. It is not the greatest movie of the year. It is a pretty generic action comic book movie. Oh, definitely forgettable. But if they make a third one... Which will they probably will. happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It Yo, was, there's a third Maze Runner, I found out. The trailer's what? coming today or tomorrow. I thought they were... Yeah, I saw a thing on like... Uh, who puts it? Universal or Sony Pictures? Yeah, uh, Universal, I think. Yeah, I saw a thing on their Instagram. It was like the trailer for... I was like, they finished it. They... Oof. Man. He got back out there? There's no yeah. way I'm getting back on no. the horse that almost killed me. No. I'm not just not, not doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's a trailer coming yeah. for... What's, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's got it's like Maze Runner. It's got like a tag to it. I, I just heard about it now. Not Scorched Earth. It's like something That was like the that. second one. Scorched, Scorched Trial. The second oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's like called that. like something. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so Kingsman. Both give it a good, but forgettable. Uh, Love Actually, which we talked about for the past almost hour. Uh, I gave it too late. Oh, 
It just it did not affect me in the Send same way. All of your hate mail. What's the email to the show? About to review at gmail.com. All of your love actually hate mail to John at about to review <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, and tell or, him and tell him why you think he's ridiculous for not liking the film. Or better suggestion, give me your top three rom coms. Why? Based on No, no, why? <laughs> People need to just tell you why you're wrong. Uh, Try to divert and be like, tell me about these other rom coms. So that's like, what about the kids in Chicago? If you care so much about racism, no. What? This is about <laughs> wow. your hatred for Love Actually. I did not hate the movie. You didn't. You can't see your face. I can tell in, initially you didn't like it. You I have had, a terrible. Do you you have a terrible poker face. I had problems with the movie and I had oh, problems with the genre. Problems um, <laughs> with hating but every I, character, every storyline, but no. Two. The, oh, oh. Actually, yeah. You that, hated no. every storyline but two. Maybe three. And one you kind of like, eh, about. Yeah. See? Uh, anyway. So, uh, other projects coming up. Uh, this week, we are seeing uh, American Made. American Made. Tom Cruise. You're going to see Tom Cruise. Flying drugs around. Running around again. Being Tom Cruise. Uh, a movie that I'm looking forward to that Tim is not. I'm just Because not. he does not like women's equality. Uh, is Battle of the Sexes. Really excited for it. I love Billie Jean King and that story. I'm glad that like it is getting made. I like the story. I think now, it probably you, make you a better... You specifically d- said before we recorded, you were like, I hate women in sports. I think, <laughs> I think they, they should, should not be get paid. paid. <laughs> they should not get Four paid. Four cents to the dollar of men. <laughs> right. No, I think... I like the story. I think a documentary is better. I just don't... It doesn't look good to me. because I, I don't... Yeah. The movie itself doesn't look good. I like the story. I, I would okay. much rather see a documentary about sort of everything that took place. Well, yeah, they, the, they've you get, done. You get to play fast and loose with the misogyny and how ridiculous people were in these films because you don't want to mm-hmm. paint them as bad characters. Versus when you look at the actual footage in real time, it's yeah. bad. It is crazy. At one point, so the Billie Jean King story, of course, was the Battle of the Sexes in the seventies. Billie Jean King, female tennis player, at the top of her game, mm-hmm. versus an old man who was way past his prime, but he was like. Women shouldn't be in sports. And once I beat her, I'm going to give her some of my high karate yeah. aftershave. Yeah. The, and it was just like, what? There's some men on Twitter the other day saying that they could beat Ronda Rousey in the octagon. Get out of here. But you see, you see the youth yeah, of men, the, right? They'd be day. like, yeah. I, could, oh, I could take her. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Put you on that arm bar real quick. Mm-hmm. And so that is the thing is like real quick. watching this movie about the 70s and it has parallels now. People are still saying, oh, Serena couldn't beat Andy Murray. She couldn't return some of his serves. Really, like, why? And so, Billy Jean people King. People hate women. Uh, they, yeah. People hate women. Like, they don't like to. They like to objectify women. They like to subject them to whatever. They see them as sexual beings. But as seeing them as actual people with something to offer to society mm-hmm. is there are a lot of men who just don't. And they and they don't feel like they they're they're that way. And they don't feel like they're misogynist because like, oh no, I like women. I have. Uh, to have sex with them, have naked pictures on my wall. That's not the same as like <laughs> no. feeling like women are equal or mm-hmm. that they can do something. Yeah. I remember. I remember we played ball one time with these girls who used, who played to play for the Seattle Rain. Okay, yeah. And they had this big girl, man, and she was killing us. Mm-hmm. And this dude on our team was so mad. He was so angry. Oh, pride, she, I mean, dude. Baseline, Hakeem Dreamshake. <laughs> Turn around, jumper. I was like, Jesus, man. And his friend was like, You, you gotta, you gotta stop her, man. But he, she, there was, she's a professional ball player. There was right. nothing. There was nothing. She had footwork. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you know, when I saw her footwork, I was like, oh, she's she game over. Yeah, I was like, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. And I think men struggle with that. The idea that For like sure. a woman can step on the court and do the same things you can do and better. Mm-hmm. And that these people are professional athletes for a reason. 
Yeah. Like you think Serena doesn't train? You think you think these NBA players, WNBA players, aren't training? Yeah. yeah they're training. They can they can hit jumpers. Like well, it was like uh, same thing with jujitsu. Yeah. So when I was doing that, there were two types of guys who, when women would come into the gym and they would want to train, there'd be the type of guys who would go softer because they were not sure if, you know, they did not want to hurt the person. There were the other end of the spectrum where there were the guys who were like, oh, she's coming in here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to teach her a lesson. And it was like, what? Yeah. So the reason I'm excited for Battle of the Sexes is because I like the story. I think some people will maybe start to see the parallels now and be like, oh, yeah. why are we still dealing with this 35 years later? Yeah. So, but more exciting than that, next weekend is Geek Girl Con. We yes. mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, local con here in Seattle uh, that is a ton of fun, incredibly inclusive, great panels, uh, great speakers, and the most family-centered con of its kind. Yeah. And Tim and I talked about it last year also. So that uh, the weekend after, I'm very very excited to announce that I will be covering New York City Comic Con uh, October 7th and 8th, Saturday, Sunday. So I will be in New York City. Uh, if you want to get together, if you are going to be in town, definitely hit me up. Let me know. We can meet up. So there we go. That was the show for this week. Uh, Tim, where can people find you? Uh, peoplescriticblog.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, the People's Critic. Uh, mm-hmm. Send all your hate mail about Love Actually to John. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll be, you know, doing About the- to review underscore underscore 75. Yeah, and we're going to be seeing... Um, Blade Runner 2049 very yeah. shortly. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think it's going to look beautiful as far as the story's concerned. I don't know. I know worried. it's going to look, I know it's going to look great. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. Excited for, you know, the upcoming Oscar push with all these other mm-hmm. movies coming out. Should be a fun ride. And again, November starts a nice stretch. It does. Of okay. like a lot of nerdy, geeky, comic booky stuff that we get to see. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as for this podcast, you can find the podcast on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email the show, like Tim said, about to review at gmail.com. Give me your top three romantic comedies. Uh, <laughs> you can give people homework. <laughs> uh, you can go to about to review.com, uh, see full show notes. Uh, again, shout out to the sponsor, Vexing Media. Uh, looking forward to the new theme song. Coming up soon, Damien and I are still going to be working on that, so look forward to that next week for episode 75. And also, another shout-out to Era, the creator. The art is amazing. I was going to go grab it and show it to Tim, so now I have to show I'm it to see him it. now. I'm going to see the artwork. Uh, I, follow, I follow her on Instagram. Like, I'm going to see the artwork. Yeah, so it is incredible. So yeah. thank you, Era, for, for that. It is beautiful. I'm going to put it in a frame and put it up in the studio. So... There you go. Oh, like the artwork I brought you that you haven't framed and put up in the studio yet? Uh, so, I see and, how it is. Tim's in the show. <laughs> I see what we're doing right now. Go ahead and end the show. Mm. My artwork, I'm looking around, and it fits. It fits perfectly with this corner of your where you got all the Superman stuff. It could go right there, but it's not up. It's been a year? It's been a year? Uh, so, uh, so the podcast. <laughs> it's been a year. This has been the About to Review podcast. I have been your host, that guy named John. <laughs> This is Tim. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Vexing Media. <laughs>